From the Firefox News Online headquarters in New York, this is a New York. This is a Firefox News Online special report. Good evening and welcome to a very early, very special early edition of Firefox News Online. I'm George Sinzer from our headqu studio headquarters in New York. Actually, it's our only studio, but that's okay. Uh, we are here early tonight because Joe Biden will be addressing the nation in what I would consider to be the most unusual State of the Union address for a man who, by definition, is actually not even a president, in my opinion. But Firefox News Online... Is, is live, large, and in charge. We are here to present the um, to present it to you. And hopefully we will be able to do that momentarily. Um uh, I really didn't want to do this, but I was left with little or no choice. Joining me uh, via twitch.tv is Iggy Mom. Uh, I don't know if Cherokee Rose is there yet. So if Cherokee Rose is out there too, saying howdy howdy to you. Um, right now I am making a concerted effort. And when I say concerted effort, that means I am attempting the impossible here. As you can see, uh, they were supposed to start their side of it at 8.35 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, oh, you can't see it yet. Voila. As soon as Mr. Biden makes his way... Uh, trust me when I say we'll switch over to it not that I wanted to do this but uh, also tonight's broadcast is not being carried on blog talk radio as it normally would be tonight however for those of you who are on my uh, my contacts list uh, on Skype I will bring you on board via that method. Everyone else will get a actual phone number to call. This will be a, uh, this will be the inaugural run for that. Should I decide to leave Blog Talk Radio completely, um, 
this will be the number uh, that will be used. Matter of fact, uh, one thing that I forgot to do, and I better do it now while I'm thinking about it, is <laughs> getting that number There. Now it's all set. Now all I have to do So, we are awaiting the alleged president of the United States to make his way. There will only be 200 people in the, uh, in, in the congressional hall, uh, for this. There will be no invited guests, no visitors in the gallery. Uh, I don't know if the Supreme court justices will be there. I don't, there, this is, to say the least, this is going to be the most interesting uh, situation, you know, there is out there. Um, honestly, I think this is going to provide a... most unusual now of course joining me by way of uh twitch.tv are cherokee rose and iggy mom as i said before um we are broadcasting live on the video platforms twitch trovo um, I do not have, for some reason, Trovo's chat is not working, so I cannot chat with you on Trovo, but DLive and, uh, Twitch are available, uh, for video chatting purposes. Uh, Vaughn.Live is also available for viewing, but not for chatting. So, two are chat, two are not chat, to chat or not to chat, that is the question. And yes, I am not wearing my glasses. I am really going to have to get in the habit of remembering that in order to do this, I have to have my glasses on. Well, once old uh, decrepit Joe gets in front of that microphone, I'll kill my uh, audio on my end and stuff and... Uh, you know, kind of make it look like I'm actually giving a shit. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know what to make of this tonight. This is going to be a very unusual situation. 
I do have some comments from the ladies watching on Twitch. Um, in fact, I'm going to go to them right now and get some of their how well they they said howdy do to me. Um, my regulars, Gunslinger, and uh, of course Mike from Louisiana, the Crazy Cajun, are not with us just yet. Uh, I don't think Gunslinger realizes I'm on this early. Uh, and if he does, he probably won't join until later, after Biden speaks. One of the things that I want to emphasize is, even though I don't like the guy, I still have a responsibility as a journalist and a broadcaster to air this, whatever it's going to be. And I would be derelict in my duty if I failed to do just that. So, for this old broadcaster, there's just no getting around it. I got to do it. Um, now, Iggy Mom brought something up a moment ago that uh, I did hear about, by the way. And it has been widely reported. For the first time in our nation's history there will not be a designated survivor. Let me explain what designated survivor... Actually, I think it would be best if I just did a fast search on this for you, folks, because, well, let's face it. Um, <clears throat> I could say something and it'd, and it'd be slightly off or wrong. Now, this has to do with the order of succession. Now, listen carefully to what it is all, what this is. In the United States, a designated survivor or designated successor is a named individual in the presidential line of succession chosen to stay at an undisclosed secure location away from events such as the State of the Union, the State of the Union addresses, and presidential inaugurations. So what this person, whoever this person is, in the line of succession, they won't be there. Out of 200 people in the line of succession, well, out of the 200 people that will be there, the line of succession may be there, they may, they may not, some will be there, some will not. We don't, want, we don't know who it would be. Now, problem is, there is no designated survivor for tonight. And that could put the United States of America in a very dangerous position. To not have the designated survivor, even though Joe Biden is an illegitimate president, he's not even a president, he's just an, Ill, an illegitimate old fart, Um, uh, I think the, the irony is, um, uh, for them to not have a designated survivor, uh, certainly is a very dangerous prospect indeed. Uh, we are awaiting 
we are still waiting for the House of Representatives to make its way. Um, now, of course, um, I am currently. Uh, I have the, I have, I've got everything set up, but, um, they have not, uh, come back from their, from, from the recess. Uh, the house of representatives, it has been in recess. Um, and as you saw on your screen, I just took it down a second ago, uh, they were supposed to be in recess until 8.35 tonight. Now, of course, Iggy Mom and Cherokee Rose are watching by way of Twitch. Uh, now, Iggy Mom asked a really good question. <laughs> I love this. Thank you, Iggy. You're a sweetheart. Ah, her question... <laughs> You're going to love this, folks. Her question is, Will it be his typical Zoom call? <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it. Typically, the State of the Union is conducted in the lower chamber of the House of Representatives. This is going to prove interesting, to say the least. Now I have in in believe it or not you can I don't think you can hear it from here but in the bedroom I have the uh Fox News channel feed going and I'm listening barely hearing but the commentators are in there talking away and this is very strange because they're only going to have 200 people in the in the in the building in the room. Unusual to say the least. By the way, the interim police chief for the Capitol Police Department uh, I believe it was back in March put out a statement regarding the state of the union address. Apparently, militia groups have threatened to kill lawmakers, or to take action on the State of the Union address. How very convenient, ladies and gentlemen, how very convenient that that information slipped past a lot of folks. Now, I'm going to open a second browser because I don't want to disturb the feed that I have. Um, and all I'm going to do is open up the ability to see Fox News Channel's feed. That is, of course, if I can find it. There we go. I have so many buttons on my browsers, I can never find what I'm looking for right away. You may hear their, their audio, and you may not. 
course it's not working on the browser I opened. Oh, you've got to be kidding. Ah, just never fails. Mm. <laughs> highly chaotic, Iggy Mom said a moment ago. Yes, it's highly chaotic. It's strange. Um, Cherokee Rose, I love your sense of humor. Thank you for that. Cherokee Rose said on Twitch, Trump is the designated survivor. <laughs> How oh, I wish that were so. <laughs> uh, no, no, most likely it'll be uh, Marti Mar Martini Bag Pelosi. <clears throat> um, in reg now, Iggy Mom, you're asking, uh, you, you want to know who made the decision uh, about the... Uh, the designated survivor that's a good if that's what you're wondering about i'd like to know that myself i'd like to know how is it that this somehow is okay to do just decide no designated survivor from the line of succession uh honestly i think they they flipped their ever-loving fucking lids but that's the democrats for you and you'll probably not be surprised, but many of the Republicans will not be there. Some of them from the Senate have other business. They have, they have scheduled business in their respective uh, districts, so they're not going to be there. The problem is... This was all very conveniently decided how it was going to be laid out. 200 people in the lower chamber where the State of the Union is conducted. And yet, somehow, they made all these decisions. They being the Democrats. We are awaiting the arrival of the um, so-called, alleged, not my president, Joe Biden. And the reason we are waiting is because at 8.35 p.m., Eastern Time, the House of Representatives was supposed to come back from recess. I believe 9 p.m. was the scheduled start for this. So I don't know what's going on. Unfortunately, we are in a holding pattern. We are waiting. So... Gunslinger is in the Mixler chat room. Good to see you, Gun. Uh, Gunslinger, we're not. I'm not on Blog Talk Radio tonight. 
just so you're aware. Um, so I'm going to bring you on via Skype. All right. And letting, and letting you all know that there will be, for those of you who are not on my contact list uh, on Skype, uh, there will be a number to call. There will be a number to call. It's going to get its inaugural test run tonight. I've been hesitant to do it, but I figure, ah, what the hell, let's give it a shot. Give it a shot. What the, you know, what the hey. Now, luckily for me, it's uh, tied to my Skype. It's part of my, it, it is a Skype number, and I will be able to merge calls in. At least I hope. We can only hope. We'll see what happens. Uh, but Gunslinger, that's the plan right now. Uh, when you're ready to be brought on, just let me know. Uh, or, or if you want, right after the uh, state of the shit address. I'll bring you on via uh, Skype. We are waiting for Sleepy Creepy Joe to make his... Appearance, I wonder if the so-called alleged, not my vice president, Kamala Kamalto Harris will be there. Uh, something that was pointed out to me by, um, um, Iggy, I believe it was Iggy Mom. I'll have to, I got to look again. But uh, it was pointed out to me tonight that there is no designated survivor for the first time in our nation's history. Now, who made that decision? I don't know. And I would love to find out because by rights, there has to be a designated survivor. From the line of succession. Yes. And... This is, to say the least, a very interesting situation. Now, I'm attempting to um, try and access the Fox News feed. This is kind of a moment of... Uh, all right, this is... There's something going on here that doesn't make sense. Um... For some reason, ah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to the president of the United States. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We just announced, uh, Joe Biden. Oh, you've got to be kidding me.
We're already having some technical problems. Oh, there it goes. Close that. I will shut down my camera view of this. The camera showing me just as soon as Surprised they're not playing Hail to the Chief. Up, oh, there's Camel Toe next to Nancy. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for this situation. We are having a difficult um, time with the feed. I don't know why, but it's not my fault. This is going to suck. All right, folks. This, 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 is, this is just insane. I'll see if I can... goes nothing of Congress I have the high privilege and distinct honor to present to you the President of the United States Thank you, thank you. Good to be back. Mitch and Chuck will understand it's good to be almost. Just home. Down the hall. <laughs> anyway, thank you all, Madam Speaker. Madam Vice President.
Ladies and gentlemen, I have no president has ever said those words from this podium. No president has ever said those words. And it's a about time. I promised we'd get 100 million COVID-19 vaccine shots into people's arms in 100 days. We will have provided over 220 million COVID shots in those 100 days. Thanks to all the help of all of you. We're marshalling, with your help, everyone's help, we're marshalling every federal resource. We've gotten vaccines to nearly 40,000 pharmacies and over 700 community health centers where the poorest of the poor can be reached. We're setting up community vaccination sites, developing mobile units to get to hard-to-reach communities. Today, 90 percent of Americans now live within five miles of a vaccination site. Everyone over the age of 16, everyone is now eligible to get vaccinated right now, right away. Go get vaccinated, America. Go and get the vaccination. They're available. You're eligible now. When I was sworn in on January 20th, less than 1% of the seniors in America were fully vaccinated against COVID-19. 100 days later, 70% of seniors in America, over 65, are protected, fully protected. Senior deaths from COVID-19 are down 80 percent since January, down 80 percent because of all of you. And more than half of all the adults in America have gotten at least one shot. A mass vaccination center in Glendale, Arizona, I asked the nurse, I said, what's it like? She looked at me and she said, it's like every shot is giving a dose of hope, was her phrase, a dose of hope. A dose of hope for an educator in Florida who has a child suffering from an autoimmune disease, wrote to me, said she's worried and she was worried about bringing the virus home. She said she then got vaccinated at a, at a large site in her car. She said she sat in her car when she got vaccinated and just cried cried out of joy and cried out of relief. Parents, seeing the smiles on their kids' faces for those who are able to go back to school because the teachers and school bus drivers and cafeteria workers have been vaccinated. Grandparents, hugging their children and grandchildren instead of pressing hands against the window to say goodbye. It means everything. Those things mean everything. You know, there's still, you all know it, 
you know it better than any group of Americans. There's still more work to do to beat this virus. We can't let our guard down. But tonight, I can say, because of you, the American people, our progress these past 100 days against one of the worst pandemics in history has been one of the greatest logistical achievements, logistical achievements this country's ever seen. What else have we done in those first 100 days? We kept our commitment, Democrats and Republicans, of sending $1,400 rescue checks to 85 percent of American households. We already sent more than 160 million checks out the door. It's making a difference. You all know it when you go home. For many people, it's making all the difference in the world. A single mom in Texas who wrote me, she said she couldn't work. But she said the relief check put food on the table and saved her and her son from eviction from their apartment. A grandmother in Virginia who told me she immediately took her granddaughter to the eye doctor, something she said she put off for months because she didn't have the money. One of the defining images, at least from my perspective in this crisis, has been cars lined up, cars lined up for miles. And not, not people just barely ever start those cars, nice cars lined up for miles, waiting for a box of food to be put in their trunk. I don't know about you, but I didn't ever think I'd see that in America. And all of this is through no fault of their own. No fault of their own, these people are in this position. That's why the rescue plan is delivering food and nutrition assistance to millions of Americans facing hunger. And hunger's down sharply already. We're also providing rental assistance. You all know this, but the American people, I want to make sure they understand. Keeping people from being evicted from their homes. Providing loans to small businesses that reopen and keep their employees on the job. During these 100 days, an additional 800,000 Americans enrolled in the Affordable Care Act when I established a special sign-up period to do that. 800,000 in that period. We're making one of the largest one-time ever investments, ever, in improving health care for veterans. Critical investments to address the opioid crisis. And maybe most importantly, thanks to the American Rescue Plan, we're on track to cut child poverty in America in half this year. And in the process, while this was all going on, the economy created more than 1,300,000 new jobs in 100 days. More jobs in the first more jobs in the first 100 days than any president on record. The International Monetary Fund. The International Monetary Fund is now estimating our economy will grow at a rate of more than 6 percent this year.
That will be the fastest pace of economic growth in this country in nearly four decades. America's moving, moving forward, but we can't stop now. We're in competition with China and other countries to win the 21st century. We're at a great inflection point in history. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. We have to compete more strenuously than we have. Throughout our history, if you think about it, public investment in infrastructure has literally transformed America, our attitudes as well as our opportunities. The Transcontinental Railroad, the interstate highways, united two oceans and brought a totally new age of progress to the United States of America. Universal public schools and college aid opened wide the doors of opportunity. Scientific breakthroughs took us to the moon. Now we're on Mars discovering vaccines, gave us the Internet, and so much more. These are investments we made together as one country, and investments that only the government was in a position to make. Time and again, they propel us into the future. That's why I propose the American Jobs Plan, a once-in-a-generation investment in America itself. This is the largest jobs plan since World War II. It creates jobs to upgrade our transportation infrastructure. Jobs modernizing our roads, bridges, highways. Jobs building ports and airports, rail corridors, transit lines. It's clean water. And today, up to 10 million homes in America and more than 400,000 schools and childcare centers have pipes with lead in them, including drinking water. A clear and present danger to our children's health. American Jobs Plan creates jobs replacing 100 percent of the nation's lead pipes and service lines so every American can drink clean water. And the process will create thousands and thousands of good-paying jobs. It creates jobs connecting every American with high-speed Internet, including 35 percent of the rural America that still doesn't have it. This is going to help our kids and our businesses succeed in the 21st century economy. And I'm asking the Vice President to lead this effort, if she would, because I know it will get done. Creates jobs, building a modern power grid. Our grids are vulnerable to storms, hacks, catastrophic failures, with tight, tragic results, as we saw in Texas and elsewhere during the winter storms. The American Jobs Plan will create jobs that lay thousands of miles of transmission lines needed to build a resilient and fully clean grid. We can do that. Look, the American Jobs Plan will help millions of people get back to their jobs and back to their careers. Two million women have dropped out of the workforce during this pandemic. Two million. And too often because they couldn't get the care they needed to care for their child 
or care for an elderly parent who needs help. 800,000 families are on the Medicare waiting list right now to get home care for their aging parent or loved one with disability. If you think it's not important, check out in your own district, Democrat or Republican, Democrat or Republican voters, their great concern, almost as much as their children, is taking care of an elderly loved one who can't be left alone. Medicaid contemplated it, but this plan is going to help those families and create jobs for our caregivers with better wages and better benefits, continuing the cycle of growth. For too long, we've failed to use the most important word when it comes to meeting the climate crisis. Jobs. 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 For me, when I think climate change, I think jobs. The American Jobs Plan will put engineers and construction workers to work building more energy-efficient buildings and homes. Electrical workers, IBEW members, installing 500,000 charging stations along our highways so we can own, so we can own the electric car market. Farmers, farmers planting cover crops so they can reduce the carbon dioxide in the air and get paid for doing it. Look, think about it. There is simply no reason why the blades for wind turbines can't be built in Pittsburgh instead of Beijing. No reason. None. No reason. So, folks, there's no reason why American, American workers can't lead the world in the production of electric vehicles and batteries. I mean, there is no reason. We have this capacity. We're the brightest, best-trained people in the world. The American Jobs Plan is going to create millions of good-paying jobs, jobs Americans can raise a family on, as my dad would then say, with a little breathing room. And all the investments in the American Jobs Plan will be guided by one principle, buy American. Buy American. And I might note parenthetically, That does, not, that does not violate any trade agreement. It's been the law since the 30s. Buy American. American tax dollars are going to be used to buy American products made in America to create American jobs. That's the way it's supposed to be, and it will be in this administration. And I made it clear to all my cabinet people, their ability to give exemptions has been strenuously limited. It will be American products. Now, I know some of you at home are wondering whether these jobs are for you. So many of you, so many of the folks I grew up with feel left behind, forgotten, in an economy that's so rapidly changing. It's frightening. I want to speak directly to you, 
Because you think about it. That's what people are most worried about. Can I fit in? Independent experts estimate the American jobs plan will add millions of jobs and trillions of dollars to economic growth in the years to come. It is a it is a eight-year program. These are good-paying jobs that can't be outsourced. Nearly 90 percent of the infrastructure jobs created in the American jobs plan do not require a college degree. 75 percent don't require an associate's degree. The American jobs plan is a blue-collar blueprint to build America. That's what it is. And it recognizes something I've always said in this chamber and the other. Good guys and women on Wall Street, but Wall Street didn't build this country. The middle class built the country, and unions built the middle class. So that's why I'm calling on Congress to pass Protect the Right to Organize Act, the PRO Act, and send it to my desk so we can support the right to unionize. And by the way, while you're thinking about sending things to my desk, <laughs> let's raise the minimum wage to $15. No one, no one working 40 hours a week, no one working 40 hours a week should live below the poverty line. We need to ensure greater equity and opportunity for women. And while we're doing this, let's get the Paycheck Fairness Act to my desk as well, equal pay. They spent much too long. And if you wonder whether it's too long, look behind me. And finally, the American Jobs Plan will be the biggest increase in non-defense research and development on record. We'll see more technological change, and some of you know more about this than I do. We'll see more technological change in the next 10 years than we saw in the last 50. That's how rapidly artificial intelligence and so much more is changing. And we're falling behind the competition with the rest of the world. Decades ago, we used to invest 2% of our gross domestic product in America, 2% of our gross domestic product in research and development. Today, Mr. Secretary, that's less than 1%. China and other countries are closing in fast. We have to develop and dominate the products and technologies of the future. Advanced batteries, biotechnology, computer chips, clean energy. The Secretary of Defense can tell you, and those of you on work in national security issues know, the D Defense Department has an agency called DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. The people who set up before I came here, and that's been a long time ago, to develop breakthroughs that enhance our national security. That's their only job. And it's a semi-separate agency. It's under the Defense Department. It's led to everything from the discovery of the Internet to GPS and so much more that's enhanced our security. The National Institute of Health, the NIH, 
I believe, should create a similar advanced research projects agency for health. And that would, here's what it would do. It would have a singular purpose, to develop breakthroughs to prevent, detect, and treat diseases like Alzheimer's, diabetes, and cancer. I'll still never forget when we passed the cancer proposal in the last year as vice president. Almost $9 million going to NIH. And if you excuse the point of personal privilege, I'll never forget you standing, Mitch, and saying, name it after my deceased son. It meant a lot. But so many of us have deceased sons, daughters, and relatives who died of cancer. I can think of no more worthy investment. I know of nothing that is more bipartisan. So let's end cancer as we know it. It's within our power. It's within our power to do it. Investments in jobs and infrastructure, like the ones we're talking about, have often had bipartisan support in the past. Vice President Harris and I met regularly in the Oval Office with Democrats and Republicans and discussed the jobs plan. And I applaud a group of Republican senators who just put forward their own proposal. So let's get to work. I wanted to lay out before the Congress my plan before we got into the deep discussions. I'd like to meet with those who have ideas that are different, they think are better. I welcome those ideas. But the rest of the world is not waiting for us. I just want to be clear. From my perspective, doing nothing is not an option. Look. We can't be so busy competing with one another that we forget the competition that we have with the rest of the world to win the 21st century. Secretary Blinken can tell you, I spent a lot of time with President Xi. Traveled over 17,000 miles with him. Spent, they tell me, over 24 hours in private discussions with him. When he called to congratulate him, we had a two-hour discussion. He's deadly earnest about becoming the most significant, consequential nation in the world. He and others, autocrats, think that democracy can't compete in the 21st century with autocracies because it takes too long to get consensus. To win that competition for the future, in my view, we also need to make a once-in-a-generation investment in our families and our children. That's why I've introduced the American Families Plan tonight, which addresses four of the biggest challenges facing American families and, in turn, America. First is access to good education. When this nation made 12 years of public education universal in the last century, it made us the best-educated, best-prepared nation in the world. It's, I believe, the overwhelming reason that propelled us 
to where we got in the 21st, in the 20th century. But the world's caught up or catching up. They're not waiting. I would say parenthetically, if we were sitting down, we set a bipartisan committee together and said, okay, we're going to decide what we do in terms of government providing for free education. I wonder whether we'd think, as we did in the 20th century, that 12 years is enough in the 21st century. I doubt it. 12 years is no longer enough today to compete with the rest of the world in the 21st century. That's why my American Families Plan guarantees four additional years of public education for every person in America, starting as early as we can. The great universities in this country have conducted studies of the last 10 years. It shows that adding two years of universal high-quality preschool for every three-year-old and four-year-old, no matter what background they come from, puts them in a position to be able to compete all the way through 12 years and increases exponentially their prospect of graduating and going on beyond graduation. The research shows when a young child goes to school, not daycare, they're far more likely to graduate from high school and go to college or something after high school. When you add two years of free community college on top of that, you begin to change the dynamic. We can do that. And we'll increase Pell Grants and invest in historical black colleges and universities, tribal colleges, minority-serving institutions. The reason is they don't have the endowments. But their students are just as capable of learning about cybersecurity, just as capable of learning about metallurgy, all the things that are going on that provide those jobs of the future. Jill is a community college professor who teaches today as First Lady. She's long said... She's long... If I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Joe, any country that out-educates us is going to out-compete us. She'll be deeply involved in leading this effort. Thank you, Joe. Second thing we need, American Families Plan will provide access to quality, affordable child care. We guarantee When I'm proposing the legislation, we guarantee that low- and middle-income families will pay no more than 7 percent of their income for high-quality care for children up to the age of five. The most hard-pressed working families won't have to spend a dime. Third, the American Families Plan will finally provide up to 12 weeks of paid leave and medical leave, family medical leave. We're one of the few industrial countries in the world. No one should have to choose between a job and a paycheck 
are taking care of themselves and their loved ones or parent or spouse or child. And fourth, the American Family Plan puts directly into the pockets of millions of Americans. In March, we expanded tax credit for every child in a family, up to $3,000 per child if you're under six years of age. I mean, excuse me, under, over six years of age. And $3,600 for children over six years of age. With two parents, two kids, that's $7,200 in the pockets to help take care of your family. And that will help more than 65 million children and help cut child care poverty in half. And we can afford it. So we did that in the, in the, in the last piece of legislation we passed. But let's extend that child care tax credit at least through the end of 2025. The American Rescue Plan lowered health care premiums for 9 million Americans who buy their coverage under the Affordable Care Act. I know that's really popular this side of the aisle. But let's make that provision permanent so their premiums don't go back up. In addition to my family's plan, I'm going to work with Congress to address this year other critical priorities for American families. The Affordable Care Act has been a lifeline for millions of Americans, protecting people with pre-existing conditions, protecting women's health. And the pandemic has demonstrated how badly, how badly it's needed. Let's lower deductibles for working families on the Affordable Care and Affordable Care Act. And let's lower prescription drug costs. We know how to do this. The last president had that as an objective. We all know how outrageously expensive drugs are in America. In fact, we pay the highest prescription drug prices of anywhere in the world, right here in America. Nearly three times for the same drug, nearly three times what other countries pay. We have to change that, and we can. Let's do what we talked about for all the years I was down here in this, in this body, in Congress. Let's give Medicare the power to save hundreds of billions of dollars by negotiating lower drug prescription prices. And by the way, it won't just, it won't just tell people on Medicare. Lower prescription drug costs for everyone. And the money we save, which is billions of dollars, can go to strengthen the Affordable Care Act and expand Medicare coverage benefits without costing taxpayers an additional penny. It's within our power to do it. Let's do it now. We've talked about it long enough. Democrats and Republicans, let's get it done this year. This is all about a simple premise. Health care should be a right, not a privilege in America. So, how do we pay for my jobs and family plan? I made it clear 
We can do it without increasing the deficits. Let's start with what I will not do. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than $400,000. But it's time for corporate America and the wealthiest 1% of Americans to just begin to pay their fair share. Just their fair share. Sometimes I have arguments with my friends in the Democratic Party. I think you should be able to become a billionaire and a millionaire, but pay your fair share. A recent study shows that 55 of the nation's biggest corporations paid zero federal tax last year. Those 55 corporations made in excess of $40 billion in profit. A lot of companies also evade taxes through tax havens in Switzerland and Bermuda and the Cayman Islands. And they benefit from tax loopholes and deductions for offshoring jobs and shifting profits overseas. It's not right. We're going to reform corporate taxes so they pay their fair share and help pay for the public investments their businesses will benefit from as well. We're going to reward work, not just wealth. We take the top tax bracket for the wealthiest 1% of Americans, those making over $400,000 or more, back up to where it was when George W. Bush was president, when he started, 39.6%. That's where it was when George W. was president. We're going to get rid of the loopholes, allow Americans to make more than a million dollars a year and pay a lower tax rate on their capital gains than Americans who receive a paycheck. We're only going to affect three-tenths of one percent of all Americans by that action. Three-tenths of one percent. And the IRS is going to crack down on millionaires and billionaires who cheat on their taxes. It's estimated to be billions of dollars by think tanks that are left, right, and center. I'm not looking to punish anybody. But I will not add a tax burden, additional tax burden, to the middle class in this country. They're already paying enough. I believe what I propose is fair, fiscally responsible, and it raises revenue to pay for the plans I propose and will create millions of jobs that will grow the economy and enhance our financial standing in the country. When you hear someone say, they don't want to raise taxes on the wealthiest 1% or corporate America. Ask them whose taxes you want to raise. Instead, who's they going to cut? Look, the big tax cut of 2017. Remember, it was supposed to pay for itself. That was how it was sold. And generate vast economic growth. Instead, it added $2 trillion to the deficit. It was a huge windfall for corporate America and those at the very top. Instead of using the tax saving to raise wages and invest in research and development, it poured billions of dollars into the pockets of CEOs. In fact, the pay gap between CEOs and their workers is now among the largest in history. 
According to one study, CEOs make 320 times what the average worker in their corporation makes. It used to be in the below 100. The pandemic has only made things worse. 20 million Americans lost their job in the pandemic, working in middle-class Americans. At the same time, roughly 650 billionaires in America saw their net worth increase by more than $1 trillion in the same exact period. Let me say it again. 650 people increased their wealth by more than $1 trillion during this pandemic. And they're now worth more than $4 trillion. My fellow Americans, trickle down. Trickle down economics has never worked. And it's time to grow the economy from the bottom and the middle out. You know, there's a broad consensus of economists left, right, and center, and they agree what I'm proposing will help create millions of jobs and generate historic economic growth. These are among the highest values investments we can make as a nation. I've often said our greatest strength is the power of our example, not just the example of our power. In my conversations with world leaders, and I've spoken over 38, 40 of them now, I've made it known, I've made it known that America's back. And you know what they say? The comments I hear most of all from them? They say, we see America's back, but for how long? But for how long? My fellow Americans, we have to show not just that we're back, but that we're back to stay, and that we aren't going to go it alone. We're going to do it by leading with our allies. No one nation can deal with all the crises of our time, from terrorism to nuclear proliferation, mass migration, cybersecurity, climate change, as well as what we're experiencing now, the pandemics. There's no wall high enough to keep any virus out. And our own vaccine supply, as it grows to meet our needs, and we're meeting them, we'll become an arsenal for vaccines for other countries, just as America is an arsenal for democracy for the world and, in consequence, influence the world. But every American will have access before that occurs. Every American will have access to be fully covered by COVID-19 from the vaccines we have. Look, the climate crisis is not our fight alone. It's a global fight. The United States accounts, as all of you know, less than 15 percent of carbon emissions. The rest of the world accounts for 85 percent. That's why I kept my commitment to rejoin the Paris Accord, because if we do everything perfectly, it's not going to only matter. I kept my commitment to convene a climate summit right here in America with all the major economies of the world, China, Russia, India, European Union. And I said I'd do it in my first 100 days. I want to be very blunt about it. I had my attempt was to make sure that the world could see there was a consensus 
that we are at an inflection point in history, the consensus is if we act to save the planet, we can create millions of jobs and economic growth and opportunity to raise the standard of living to most everyone around the world. If you watched any of it and you were all busy, I'm sure you didn't have much time. That's what virtually every nation said, even the ones that aren't doing their fair share. The investments I proposed tonight also advance the foreign policy, in my view, that benefits the middle class. That means making sure every nation plays by the same rules in the global economy, including China. My discussions in my discussion with President Xi, I told him, we welcome the competition. We're not looking for conflict. But I made absolutely clear that we will defend America's interest across the board. America will stand up to unfair trade practices and undercut American workers and American industries like subsidies from state to state-owned operations and enterprises and the theft of American technology and intellectual property. I also told President Xi that we'll maintain a strong military presence in the Indo-Pacific, just as we do with NATO and Europe, not to start a conflict, but to prevent one. I told them what I've said to many world leaders, that America will not back away from our commitments, our commitment to human rights and fundamental freedoms and to our alliances. And I pointed out to him, no responsible American president could remain silent when basic human rights are being so blatantly violated. An American president, president has to represent the essence of what our country stands for. America is an idea, the most unique idea in history. We are created, all of us, equal. It's who we are. And we cannot walk away from that principle and, in fact, say we're dealing with the American idea. With regard to Russia, I know it concerns some of you, but I made very clear to Putin that we're not going to seek ex ex excuse me, escalation. But their actions will have consequences. They turn out to be true, and they turned out to be true. So I responded directly and proportionately to Russia's interference in our elections and the cyber attacks on our government and our business. They did both of these things, and I told them we would respond, and we have. But we can also cooperate when it's our mutual interest. We did it when we extended the New START Treaty on nuclear arms, and we're working to do it on climate change. But he understands we will respond. On Iran and North Korea, nuclear programs that present serious threats to American security and the security of the world, we're going to be working closely with our allies to address the threats posed by both of these countries. Through, di through diplomacy, as well as stern deterrence. And American leadership means ending the forever war in Afghanistan. We have... We have, without hyperbole, the greatest fighting force in the history of the world. I'm the first president in 40 years and knows what it means to have a son serving in a war zone.
Today, we have service members serving in the same war zone as their parents did. We have service members in Afghanistan who are not yet born on 9-11. The war in Afghanistan, as we remember the debates here, were never meant to be multi-generational undertakings of nation-building. We went to Afghanistan to get terrorists. The terrorists who attacked us on 9-11. And we said we would follow Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell to do it. If you've been in the upper Konar Valley, you've kind of seen the gates of hell. And we delivered justice to bin Laden. We degraded the terrorist threat of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. And after 20 years of value, valor, and sacrifice, it's time to bring those troops home. Look. Even as we do, we'll maintain over-the-horizon capacity to suppress future threats to the homeland. And make no mistake, in 20 years, terrorism has metastasized. The threat has evolved way beyond Afghanistan. Those of you in the intelligence committees, the foreign relations committee, defense committees, you know well, we have to remain vigilant against the threats to the United States wherever they come from. Al-Qaeda and ISIS are in Yemen, Syria, Somalia, other places in Africa, in the Middle East, and beyond. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We're not going to ignore that either. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. It was nearly a year ago before her father's funeral when I spoke with Gianna Floyd, George Floyd's young daughter. She's a little tight, so I was kneeling down to talk to her so I could look her in the eye. She looked at me, she said, my daddy changed the world. Well, after the conviction of George Floyd's murderer, we can see how right she was if, if we have the courage to act as a Congress. We've all seen the knee of injustice on the neck of black Americans. Now's our opportunity to make some real progress. The vast majority of men and women wearing a uniform and a badge serve our communities, and they serve them honorably. I know them. I know they want to. I know we want to help meet this moment as well. My fellow Americans, we have to come together to rebuild trust between law enforcement and the people they serve, to root out systemic racism in our criminal justice system, and to enact police reform in George Floyd's name that passed the House already. I know Republicans have their own ideas and are engaged in a very productive discussions with Democrats in the Senate. We need to work together to find a consensus. But let's get it done next month, by the first anniversary of George Floyd's death. The country supports this reform, and Congress should act, should act. 
We have a giant opportunity to bend the arc of the moral universe toward justice, real justice. And with the plans outlined tonight, we have a real chance to root out systemic racism that plagues America and American lives in other ways, a chance to deliver real equity, good jobs, good schools, affordable housing, clean air, clean water, being able to generate wealth and pass it down to generations because you have an access to purchase a house, real opportunities in the lives of more Americans, black, white, Latino, Asian Americans, Native Americans. Look, I also want to thank the United States Senate for voting 94 to 1 to pass the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act to protect Asian American and Pacific Islanders. You acted decisively. You can see on television the viciousness of the hate crimes we've seen over the past year, this past year and for too long. I urge the House to do the same and send that legislation to my desk, which I will gladly, anxiously sign. I also hope Congress will get to my desk the Equality Act to protect LGBTQ Americans. For all transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. Another thing. Let's authorize the Violence Against Women Act, which has been law for 27 years. Twenty-seven years ago, I wrote it. It'll close the act that has to be authorized now. We'll close the boyfriend loophole to keep guns out of the hands of abusers. The court order said this is an abuser. You can't own a gun. It's to close that loophole that existed. You know, it's estimated that 50 women are shot and killed by an intimate partner every month in America. 50 a month. Let's pass it and save some lives. And I need to I need not tell anyone this, but gun violence has become an epidemic in America. The flag at the White House was still flying at half-mast for the eight victims of the mass shooting in Georgia, when 10 more lives were taken in a mass shooting in Colorado. And in the week in between those two events, 250 other Americans were shot dead in the streets of America. 250 shot dead. I know how hard it is to make progress on this issue. In the 90s, we passed universal background checks, a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines that hold 100 rounds that can be fired off in seconds. We beat the NRA. Mass shootings and gun violence declined. Check out the report over 10 years. But in the early 2000s, the law expired. We've seen daily bloodshed since. I'm not saying if the law continued, we wouldn't see bloodshed. More than two weeks ago in the Rose Garden, surrounded by some of the bravest people I know, the survivors and families who lost loved ones to gun violence, I laid out several of the Department of Justice a actions that are being taken to impact on this epidemic. One of them is banning so-called ghost guns. These are homemade guns built from a kit that includes directions how to finish the firearm. 
The parts have no serial numbers. So they show up at crime scenes and they can't be traced. The buyers of these ghost gun kits aren't required to pass any background check. Anyone from a criminal or terrorist could buy this kit and within 30 minutes have a weapon that's lethal, but no more. And I'll do everything in my power to protect the American people from this epidemic of gun violence, but it's time for Congress to act as well. Look. become confrontational, but we need more Senate Republicans to join the overwhelming majority of Democratic colleagues and close the loopholes required in background check purchases of guns. We need a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. And don't tell me it can't be done. We did it before and it worked. Talk to most responsible gun owners and hunters. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a weapon. What, do you think deer wearing Kevlar vests? And what's, they'll tell you that there are too many people today who are able to buy a gun but shouldn't be able to buy a gun. These kinds of reasonable reforms have overwhelming support from the American people, including many gun owners. The country supports reform and Congress should act. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. And no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. From the very beginning, there were certain guns, weapons, that could not be owned by Americans. Certain people could not own those weapons ever. We're not changing the Constitution. We're being reasonable. I think this is not a Democrat or Republican issue. I think it's an American issue. And here's what else we can do. Immigration has always been essential to America. Let's end our exhausting war over immigration. For more than 30 years, politicians have talked about immigration reform, and we've done nothing about it. It's time to fix it. On day one of my presidency, I kept my commitment and sent a comprehensive immigration bill to the United States Congress. If you believe we need to secure the border, pass it, because it has a lot of money for high-tech border security. If you believe in a pathway to citizenship, pass it. It's over 11 million undocumented folks, the vast majority of here, overstaying visas. Pass it. We can actually, if you actually want to solve a problem, I've sent a bill to take a close look at it. We have to also have to get at the root problem of why people are fleeing, particularly the, to our southern border from Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. The violence, the corruption, the gangs, the political instability, hunger, hurricanes, earthquakes, natural disasters. When I was president, my president, when I was vice president, the president asked me to focus on providing help needed to address the root causes of migration. And it helped keep people in their own countries instead of being forced to leave. The plan was working, but the last administration decided it was not worth it. I'm restoring the program and ask Vice President Harris to lead our diplomatic effort to take care of this. I have absolute confidence to get the job done. Now look, if you don't like my plan, 
Let's at least pass what we all agree on. Congress needs to pass legislation this year to finally secure protection for dreamers. The young people have only known America as their home. And permanent protection for immigrants who are here on temporary protective status who came from countries beset by man-made and natural-made violence and disaster. As well as a pathway to citizenship for farm workers who put food on our tables. Look, immigrants have done so much for America during this pandemic and throughout our history. The country supports immigration reform. We should act. Let's argue over it. Let's debate it. But let's act. And if we truly want to restore the soul of America, we need to protect the sacred right to vote. Most people, more people voted in the last presidential election than any time in American history, in the middle of the worst pandemic ever. It should be celebrated. Instead, it's being attacked. Congress should pass H.R. 1 and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and send it to my desk right away. The country supports it, and Congress should act now. Look, in conclusion, as we gather here tonight, the image of a violent mob assaulting this Capitol, desecrating our democracy, remain vivid in all our minds. Lives were put at risk, many of your lives. Lives were lost. Extraordinary courage was summoned. The insurrection was an existential crisis, a test of whether our democracy could survive, and it did. But the struggle is far from over. The question of whether our democracy will long endure is both ancient and urgent. As old as our republic, still vital today. Can our democracy deliver on its promise that all of us, created equal in the image of God, had a chance to lead lives of dignity, respect, and possibility? Can our democracy deliver the most, to the most pressing needs of our people? Can our democracy overcome the lies, anger, hate, and fears that have pulled us apart? America's adversaries, the autocrats of the world, are betting we can't. And I promise you they're betting we can't. They believe we're too full of anger and division and rage. They look at the images of the mob that assaulted the Capitol as proof that the sun is setting on American democracy. But they're wrong. You know it, I know it. But we have to prove them wrong. We have to prove democracy still works, that our government still works, and we can deliver for our people. In our first 100 days together, we've acted to restore people's faith in democracy to deliver. We're vaccinating the nation. We're creating hundreds of thousands of new jobs. We're delivering real results to people. They can see it, feel it in their own lives. Opening doors of opportunity, guaranteeing some more fairness and justice. That's the essence of America. That's democracy in action. Our Constitution opens with the words, as trite as it sounds, we the people. Well, it's time to remember that we the people are the government, you and I, not some force in a distant capital not some powerful force that we have no control over. It's us. It's we, the people. In another era, 
when our democracy was tested. Franklin Roosevelt reminded us, in America, we do our part. We all do our part. That's all I'm asking, that we do our part, all of us. But if we do that, we will meet the center challenge of the age by proving that democracy is durable and strong. Autocrats will not win the future. We will. America will. And the future belongs to America. As I stand here tonight before you in a new and vital hour of life and democracy of our nation, and I can say with absolute confidence, I have never been more confident or optimistic about America, not because I'm president, because of what's happening with the American people. We've stared into the abyss of insurrection and autocracy, pandemic and pain, and we, the people, did not flinch. At the very moment our adversaries were certain we'd pull apart and fail, we came together, we united. With light and hope, we summoned a new strength, new resolve, to position us to win the competition of the 21st century. On our way to a union more perfect, more prosperous, and more just, as one people, one nation, and one America. Folks, as I told every world leader I've ever met with over the years, it's never, ever, ever been a good bet to bet against America, and it still isn't. We're the United States of America. There is not a single thing, nothing, nothing beyond our capacity. We can do whatever we set our minds to if we do it together. So let's begin to get together. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you for your patience. And as Joe Biden makes his way to the fist bumps and everything, before I bring Gunslinger on, let me say something here, folks. I've been seething sitting here. Everything he said, some of the stuff he said, President Trump did. But no Democrat, no Democrat is going to give Trump credit for anything he did. The attacks on on uh, President Trump were as obvious as the nose on my face. Okay? This wasn't a State of the Union address. This was a disaster address. Now, I know there's a lot of comments that have been flying on both DLive and on Twitch. Um, bear with me while I... Uh, here we go. Lose that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring Gunslinger on board, and then in just a few moments, I will um, make a uh, I'll make a phone number available. Notice I said a phone number available uh, for people to call in if they so choose to join the discussion. I will warn you, you will be cut off if you commit to Threats, hate speech, or personal attacks. 
The same applies in the uh, chat rooms. You do it, you get you get you get banned almost immediately. So, my advice: behave oneself, and we'll be good. Okay. I know that sounds like a lot, but you know it's it's really not when you think about it. And bear with me, I'm just kind of cleaning up the uh, stuff here, making everything copacetic. Now. Let's see here. I can get to him. Excuse me a second. My fan is squeaking. I gotta I gotta get some WD forty on this eventually. Eventually I will, but not tonight. And Ocam's Barbershop, hope I pronounced that right, says, a state of confusion address. Yes, it is. So, let's see if I can get Gunslinger aboard. Um, you know, a second gun, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Yo, Gun, how you doing? You there? Yo, 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 can you hear me? Yeah, what are you, outside? Yeah. I had to to barf over the fucking railing after I heard that bullshit. Yeah. You said a mouthful, it was bullshit. Man, that was. Um. Gunslinger, you muted. Yep. <clears throat> Wrong one. Wrong button. See how it confused me? <laughs> <laughs> muted myself, and I didn't mean to. I meant to minimize, but I didn't I didn't mean to mute the goddamn plate boy. Woo, man. I need an aspirin. Fish. Damn. I know. It it's it's a bit much. It's not this this state of the loser address really did not. Um, how can I put this? Uh, honestly, it was it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. It was a major league, ever loving fucking joke. Cluster fuck. Maybe, yeah. maybe or something, or maybe a bug zipped in my ear because I'm sitting outside. Did that fucking fool say that he's going to build 500,000 charging stations for these fucking electric vehicles? That's what he said. Oh, my God. I mean, 
<laughs> you want to collapse the power grid? Yeah. I mean, I'm the, I'm pretty much the expert on that. I know how this shit works, okay, when it comes to power and everything. The power grid will never, never sustain that kind of load. It is fucking impossible. Maybe in 300 years, maybe when technology, you know, gets to that point. But as of, for the next 50 years, no. No. <clears throat> you tell, you, you ever heard the, so, uh, the expression, where was Moses when the lights went out? In the fucking dark, because that's where you're going to be. I mean, look at Texas. Look at what happened to Texas. It's a couple of months ago. The fucking grid almost collapsed here. Yeah. By the way, you're over-modulating. <laughs> you're over-modulating a bit there, there partner. Um, I want to make a small adjustment to your uh, microphone. In fact, I have to make sure that my... Mike is not over-modulating too, so I'm going to double-check some settings here very quickly. Uh, come on. Stupid thing to want to open. Yeah, that would explain it. I got to drop down my actual microphone settings on the sound card by 10 dB. There, that should be a little better. <clears throat> we don't want people to be going, oh my God, George, what the hell are you trying to do? Make me deaf or something? <laughs> oh, Sinzer, you've done it again. So yeah, it's, um, this was a state of confusion address, as uh, one of the chatters on DLive said. Um, uh, <clears throat> Is that any better? Hello. Uh, say a little more so I can be sure. Hello, testing. Biden's an idiot. Biden's an idiot. There Hello. we go. Okay. That's that's a little better. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Biden. Obviously, you know he he's he's delusional. Okay, he's obviously delusional. You know, I, I, I've I, I've never seen, and, and and you know something, I was shocked. He didn't stumble and fumble. Of course, he was using a teleprompter, but you know, the thing is, it was mostly Democrats in that in that uh, in the congressional hall. What few Republicans were there? Stayed seated for the most part. Had insult to injury. There was only one Supreme Court justice there, and I didn't even recognize who it was because they <laughs> never closed in on the person. <clears throat> now, uh, Okam's Barbershop on D Live says Obama closed coal burning plants. And when they turned them off for a day, the plant would have to be completely refurbished. You're right. A lot of the coal industry under Obama was suffering badly. Well, it's Obama 3.0, folks. That's what we're dealing with. We're, and, and in fact, we're dealing with a dictatorship. This is not a democracy. 
was never it was never America was never founded as a democracy. I get so sick of hearing that shit. Our democracy, this. Our democracy, that. Our democracy, the other thing. Uh, excuse me, but um, we are a republic, a constitutional fucking republic. But tell that to the mainstream media. Tell that to the politicians, regardless of which side of the aisle they're on. And you'll never get any, you'll never get anywhere. In fact, right here in my area, a history teacher. I could say the person's name, but but I'm going to be nice and not say it. But I heard the um, young people saying, there's Mr. So-and-so from our history class. And he was standing right there, not too far from me. I'd say maybe five, six, seven feet away, give or take an inch. And I was on my cell phone. I was talking to a buddy of mine. And I said, you know, with this uh, Common Core education system, our young people aren't being told the real history. And this guy spun around, yelled at me and said, no, no. They are getting the real history, sir. And you anarchists will never change that. I was as red in my face as my shirt. And I just looked this guy right in the eye and I said, first of all, son, I'm not an anarchist. Second of all, I'm a journalist. Third and most important of all, I'm an American. And last but certainly not least, I served in I served my country so that assholes like you could sit there, stand there, whatever the fuck you're doing, and blow Biden's balls up like like prideful balloons and suck them off every day of the week because you believe the bullshit. Now here's the deal, son. I don't give a fuck who you are, and I don't want to know. As far as I'm concerned, you're nothing but a scumbag, motherfucking Democrat, liberal piece of shit that hasn't got the brains God gave him. When I carried a history book, it was as, it was about six, eight, top, maybe ten inches thick. The subject of the Revolutionary War alone was about two or three inches thick. World War One, World War Two, Korea. Vietnam, we covered it all. And guess what, son? Vietnam wasn't even finished until, what, 72, 73, something like that, give or take a year. I was still in school when that was going on. So I'll tell you what, pal, you want to teach these kids fucked up, Roman candle bullshit history? Well, how about you start with the with the actual history, the real history of our nation, and put it on comparison with what you're teaching them today? I'll bet you any amount of money the kids will look at you like you're out of your fucking mind. I walked away. I was pissed. <clears throat> And I had every right to be pissed. Because if that's the kind of shit these kids are learning today. And remember, folks, what I told you. I saw the history books they're using today. 
And they're not as thick as what I used to carry. Fuck no. I'm, I'm telling you right now, what I heard in this State of the Union, uh, that assault weapons ban. Here's another fuckhead that doesn't understand or know what an assault weapon is. Did you hear what he said about deer hunting and shit? What the fuck, Biden? Are you that naive? I don't know anybody that goes hunting with a fucking AK-47 or AR-15. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, maybe they do. In the maybe in the Ozarks or or, or something like that. Maybe they go out with an AK-47 or AR-15 and go. Whoa, hunting I will go, hunting I will go. Hi ho, the merry oh, hunting I will go. Much less carry a hundred fucking rounds. Huh? Give me a goddamn break, and much less carry a hundred rounds. Are you serious? I've got a fucking deer rifle in there. It's a thirty off six. Okay, I think it's Springfield. Okay, scoped in. I think it holds five, five fucking rounds. That's all you need for a fucking deer. Okay, and you're not gonna go out with a hundred round mag. Are you fucking that motherfucker? Boy, he's a fuckhead. Stupid ass motherfucker. And he's probably never been deer hunting in his whole fucking life. So he don't even fucking know. Well, that's right. He's the same fucking fool that said, step out on your back porch and just fire a goddamn shotgun if you hear something out there. So what is oh, that? Oh, that's shotgun? right. Shotgun Joe with his advice telling people, telling women, go out on your back porch, take your shotgun, shoot it in the air. Yep. Out in the dark. Nobody will notice. Yeah. But in the meantime, you're forgetting one thing, Biden. You, you go out on a back porch. And it's, say, pitch, pitch dark outside. You can't see your hand in front of your face. In the summertime, children are in their backyards playing. Oops. You, you just gave people permission to create the next mass shooting. Yep. All goes up, got come down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, 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 and with this uh, teenager that was, that, that was going to stab another teen to death, there's still nothing more about that. But yet, we have to defund the police. We have to abolish the police, according to Ilhan Omar. And George Floyd was a martyr. Hip, hip, hurrah! Fuck both of them. First of all, he was in, he was in custody for passing, a, for, for passing a counterfeit. He's a criminal. He was high on meth and a few other things. If that didn't, if that wasn't, if that hadn't killed him, if that didn't kill him, definitely the knee on the neck did. Nine and a half minutes with a knee on somebody's carotid artery. Dude dies. But Biden talked about systemic racism. Here's something that Biden and all Democrats fail to acknowledge. The Democrats created the KKK. Okay? They created the KKK. They founded the fucking thing. But thanks to liberal fact-checkers, 
They're trying to say, oh, that's not true at all. Bullshit. Now, now, uh, Okam's barbershop said in uh, on D Live the gender fluidity history book is still being written. That is what they are all pushing, as far as what's being taught in our schools. You got it, OC. You got it. You know, if you don't mind, I'm going to call you OBS. Which, by the way, is the software I use when I broadcast on video. So it kind of fits. It works. So if you don't mind, rather than trying to say your whole name, I'll just shorten it to OBS, if that's okay with you. Uh, it'll be easier on my tongue, and I don't get tongue-tied and sound like Joe Biden on a bad day, or a good day, or any day. Uh, Cherokee Rose said something. Oh, I got to... I got to... I got to... Excuse. <laughs> Sorry about that. My allergies decided to uh, play hide and go up your ass, pal. You got a sneeze coming. <clears throat> Hate when that happens. Right in the middle of a thought, too. And that's why I turned the mic, my microphone down. Because if I had sneezed with 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 this bad boy picking it up, oh no, no 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 no, uh, y'all be sitting there going, please make him stop. My ears are starting to bleed. So we don't want that. Uh, Cherokee Rose uh, said moments ago. As for ghost guns and. Gunslinger, I want to get your thoughts on this because I'm really not. I really don't know anything about ghost guns, and I'm willing to admit that shit. I don't know anything about ghost guns. I don't know what a ghost gun really is. I have an idea, and if you want, I'll I'll tell you what my idea of, of a ghost gun is, and then you can let me know where I'm on the mark, where I'm where 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 I may be incorrect and stuff like that, but. Um, Cherokee Rose said, as for ghost guns, they must be meticulously put together with expensive tools that one must seriously know how to use. It's not some kit that you just snap together like Legos. Uh, yeah, you need, you need, you certainly do need certain tools. Um, when I cleaned my AR-7, uh, 22 caliber long rifle. Um, uh, I actually went in there and uh, cleaned everything very carefully, meticulously. Um, and the receiver, or you know, the the trigger, that's the receiver, folks. I opened it up, and I took a Q-tip. I put gun oil on it, and I went through it very carefully, very carefully, very slowly. Put it back together. You know, I made sure that everything was done just so. What I'm about to say may shock a lot of gun owners. 
I've owned my rifle since 2018. And, and I still, to this day, want to thank uh, my friend Mike Peters, uh, who helped, who was instrumental in helping me secure the weapon. The thing is, I I took, I take, doing a total cleaning, I take over two and a half hours to clean that rifle carefully, gently. <laughs> I know that may sound like a long time to clean, but to clean and lubricate, but you know what? I'd rather take my time and 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 just do it right or try to do it the, do it right the first time than have to sit there and and go or rush through it and and forget something. So uh as far as that goes, now, here's my idea. This is what I think Gunslinger or Ghost Gun is. Um, you can buy the parts for a pistol online. You can buy them. Every single piece that goes into a handgun can be purchased online or from a gun shop. And you don't have to go through a background check. You know, you don't have to do the NIC system. And you, there's no serial number, nothing. But guess what? Putting that some bitch together, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, oh, you might get it together, but first time you pull that trigger, that motherfucker might just blow up in your face if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <clears throat> now, if I, if 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 I'm wrong, gunslinger, do let me know. Oh, uh, and what? Yeah. Uh, well, see, here's here's the problem with those. Well, you know, yeah, you can buy the parts online at a gun show, whatever, and you can put them together. <clears throat> you can also buy a puzzle, and it comes in pieces, and you put it together. Okay. What people don't fucking seem or misunderstand is they have this concept that you're actually machine-tooling the parts. No, you're not. Do you own a shop, like in a gun shop? Do I own a machine shop, like in a gun shop? Or one that's, you know, get, that can work on and actually machine the actual parts? No. <laughs> okay. That's a, special, that's a specialized <clears throat> industry. Only gunsmiths and the manufacturer has those types of lathes or a lathe, okay, that can manufacture the precision little parts in a gun. Sure, you can you can buy the parts. I mean, yours comes uh, disassembled. You know, you got to put yours together, okay. But you don't have to machine the parts, okay. That's the big. That's that. That's what makes it a big difference there. People think that well, you know, you got to have you know special tools and machines that, that can that can put all this stuff together and, and you know and hone it down and and you know the little bitty fine little you know uh, sand it inside with you know the little wire brushes and the, all this stuff. You know, it's just like it's just like I don't know if you ever if you if you ever I'm sure you said you took a little bit of auto mechanics, but 
you ever honed a brake system um, on the old? I, I I I learned how to be a backyard mechanic from my co- from my cousin Charlie, uh, who now who's long since moved to uh, South Carolina, but um, I was learning how to be a a backyard mechanic. And as far as brakes go, you know, I was an active alcoholic at the time. So I don't remember if I did or didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, um, there, there, there are moments where the brain just blacked out and said, um, it's kind of like, um, kind of like, uh, getting, putting a, my, my, my brain got the test pattern. Well, you know, well, you know, back in the older in the days, in the older vehicle, you know, you got brake shoes. Mm-hmm. They didn't have and all that shit. Well, you know, in the in the brake where you take the wheel, you know, the, the hub off there, where you see the brakes and everything, that little that's called a slave cylinder up there on top. Right, right. And that's what that's what pushes the brake shoes out. Well, you have to hone it out when when you rebuild the brake systems on that thing. You have to take all that stuff apart, take the little plungers out, and the little plungers in there. And you take a honing tool. <laughs> it's actually called a honing tool. It's like a, it's got three fingers on it, and it's got little uh, brushes that on these, on these three fingers, and the spring kind of like, you know, spring-loaded stuff, and you stick it in that cylinder opening, and you put it on the end of a drill, and you go back and forth with a uh, brake foot, and that actually smooths any fucking uh, pigments that might have got into that slave cylinder from rust or the corrosion or whatever okay it actually it's like honing a cylinder out in a in a motor in a block or a motor well you got to do the fucking guns the same way when you make them okay i mean it's the damn thing would blow up on because you have little pits of steel and you got all this kind of stuff in there rough edges and shit you can't have that stuff in a, in a kind of like a precision well, I, I, gunslinger let me ask you something when it, when they talk about ghost guns, okay, uh, and like I said, they, you can you can buy the parts online, you know, through a gun store or on the internet. Um, the part, you know, the barrel, the re- the receiver, the whole spiel, all the parts of a handgun can be purchased through a, a gun shop or online, already tooled. Sure. All yeah, we- all you need is to put it together. Put it together. Yeah. And there's no serial numbers for any of this stuff. Well, here's here's the thing on, on the serial number. You can take any fucking serial number on any fucking gun, and you can take a grinder, if you're a criminal, and you can grind that serial number off. Okay? If you grind it down deep enough into the metal, it's, 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 <laughs> there ain't no numbers. That's not what, It's gone. The numbers are gone. Right, but but as far as the the outside numbers, like on a on a handgun, uh, to give you a prime example, uh, and I'm sure it's the same way with your 357. On your on the either it's it's either on the barrel or on the grip. I'm not sure exactly where. On a 357, it would be, but I know on the barrel of a nine millimeter 92 FS that I saw it with my own bloodshot baby blues. The serial number is on the barrel of uh, of the nine millimeter, and 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 with a ghost gun, there is no serial number on the barrel. Now Cherokee Rose said some of the gun parts you buy may have a serial number, but that's the that's the parts, the actual the the fully assembled guns serial number. 
wouldn't be on, there would be none on the barrel unless the barrel has a serial number I then guess. and then and then becomes that then becomes the the serial number for the the completed gun but i don't know i'm again i'm 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 still trying to put two and two together on on ghost guns well i never had one and i never really went across them but you know it doesn't really you know whether it's whether it's got the serial number or not you can you can legally purchase it it's like if you go to a gun show okay yeah, and there's lots of places of the, of, the, of the benches and everything that you have to have a background check if you're buying from a federally licensed car. If you're if you if I go up there, for example, I'm a private citizen. I can set up a booth and have five or six fucking guns sitting out there, and I can sell to the general public. Okay, and I don't need a license. I don't need a federal firearm license. Okay, because it's a private sale. It's a private sale between two private individuals. Okay. Now it's always a good idea that you, you know, fill out the little paper, you know, for the for the BATF and all that shit. But who mm-hmm. does? Tell me who does that? Nobody. Okay. Nobody. Well, it's usually, uh, usually the 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 law abiding do that. You know. Well, even the law abiding don't really do that if it's just a private sale. If I if my neighbor. Or to you, and I just, you know, hey, hey, you want this? You, I got a three fifty seven for sale. You want to buy a George? Oh yeah, sure. I'll give you, I'll give you hundred bucks for it. You know, well, here's cash. There's a gun. Works perfectly. We've shot it before. You know, that's a private sale. But if mm. I was a licensed dealer, then I would have to go through the. Oh, I have. You got to go through a background check, and you got to fill out the, the forms and all this shit. That's the big difference. There. Private sales are unreasonable, and that's the way it should be because we live in a free country, right? Whether you like it or not, it's it's a, it's your freedom of choice. If I want to go to an FFL, uh, a federal firearms dealer or a gun dealer, or do I want to buy it from a neighbor? That's up to you. It's you, you can't regulate that. Well, I mean, you could, but you would be in a dictatorship, and then you wouldn't have any guns anyway. You know, so you're kind of putting a rock in a hard. But that's what that's what the Democrats want anyway. They want to disarm us. They want to disarm everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, here if you look it up, and I had to look it up, what's the actual definition of a ghost gun? Is it's our ghost guns are unregulated firearms that anyone, including minors and prohibited purchasers, can buy and build without a background check. Ghost guns are unserialized, just like you said, and untraceable firearms that can be bought online and assembled at home. There's your definition of a ghost gun. Hmm. <clears throat> Brief, sweet, and simple. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And yet, they're still available. People can still get them. Oh yeah, including yeah. and not limited to criminals. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so it really doesn't matter what you know whether you have these ghost guns or you have real guns. Criminals are going to still get the fucking guns. I don't care what you do to them. Okay, if you're a criminal, you're going to lay your hands on a fucking gun, regardless. Okay, so really. It's really kind of okay, but you know, you know, like I said, and I've always said this before, the only good thing, the only good thing that padlocks do is keep honest people out. If you're going to get into some, you're going to get in whether it has one padlock on it or if it's got twenty fucking padlocks. It's the same thing with different. Well, one thing's for certain. 
Biden talked a lot about about certain things that that he wants done. Yeah. Problem is, the Republicans are, are are putting up a good fight. So at least it, at least it seems that way. He talked about H about getting HR one to his desk. Uh, excuse me, but no. And I'm surprised he didn't bring up HR one twenty seven, the gun bill. He talked about the assault weapons ban, but not the not the gun bill. I wonder why. <clears throat> because he don't even know what it is. Okay, you know he's just he's just a talking kid. Okay, he don't even know what it is. And like I said, Shotgun Joe. Anybody that will give anybody advice like that don't know one end of a gun from another. Okay, and that's a fact. I mean, there ain't no doubt about that. You have these fucking dumb fucks out here that are protesting guns and everything, and you, I've seen it on YouTube and every place else where people will go up and say, well, do you know what the gun is that you're protesting? Uh, what? Uh, they, can't, they, can't, they can't even answer because they may be protesting and getting wanting a, a, a AR-15 something banned. They don't even know what it is that they're trying to ban. That's how stupid people are. Well, whether it's me by being not uneducated, you know, the internet is a pretty big thing, you know, especially Google, just put in anything you want. But these fucking people are so fucking stupid that they won't even do that. But they want to go out there and ban it, and they don't even know what they're fucking banning. That makes them even more stupid. I would be embarrassed to try to be going out there and protesting something to ban, and I don't even know what the fuck I'm fucking talking about. Would you? He'd make you look like a fucking fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. Breaking news, I just had a dead bug land on my on my table here. Got fried from the bug zapper up there. And I think it's a Democrat because it landed upside down. Damn it. <laughs> No surprise there. Yep. They never land with feet up. Nope. Always on their fucking back. Oh, wait a minute. That's a uh, camel toe, the hoe on the back. Get it? <laughs> and, and, and did you notice Nancy Pelosi was so gleeful to jump up immediately and uh, and happily applaud Biden left and right? Oh, yeah. He kissing his ass, no doubt. Well, she's an ass kisser anyway, so what do you expect from a dumb fuck like that? Yeah. But I, in, I, in Trump's State of the Union, she tore his shit up. Yeah. I'm surprised okay. she didn't diaper and powder and diaper the damn thing that when she got it from Biden. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> dumb fuck. Damn. <clears throat> well, their boy is back. Their boy is back in charge now. Well, hell yeah, she's she's grinning from ear to ear, and and fifteen more teens later. Okay, you know that. <laughs> hell yeah, the boy is back. The boy toy is back. Trump wasn't their boy toy, remember? <laughs> you know they laugh, he laughing in their face, rightfully so too. <clears throat> Go ahead. Incredible. 
what I what I find laughable, what I find truly laughable, is uh, and and also very disturbing is there was no uh, designated survivor for the first time in our nation's history. What does that what does that tell you? Should tell you a lot of things. <laughs> and when you do, when you define designated survivor, you talking about if everybody gets wiped out in government, who's who's going to be in charge? Right. Yeah. Hold on a second. I'll pull it up again because I did read it earlier. Uh, I don't think you were here when I did. But in the United States, a designated survivor or designated successor is a named individual in the presidential line of succession chosen to stay at an undisclosed, secure location away from events such as State of the Union addresses and presidential inaugurations. So, there was no... designated uh, there was no there was no designated uh, survivor now I'm looking this this up but um, there's nothing current regarding this And I'm surprised that there was no State of the Union address last year. Or did Trump do that? I don't remember now. I think Trump gave a State of the Union address. I think he did. Pretty sure. Um, according to the hill.com, here's what they said a day ago about the no designated survivor, uh, no designated survivor chosen for Biden's joint address to Congress. Damn these pop-up shits. They get in my face and I can't read nothing. A designated survivor will not be chosen for Biden's joint address to Congress on Wednesday. This is this is before the before tonight. And several cabinet members will not attend the speech in person amid the ongoing pandemic. Usually, presidents designate a high-ranking official to stay in a secure location as they deliver their annual address to lawmakers in case of a catastrophic in case of a catastrophic a catastrophe at the Capitol that kills the president and cabinet officials in attendance. However, Biden's speech this year will be limited to 200 lawmakers. Biden administration officials and staff due to limitations during the coronavirus pandemic. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed on Tuesday 
that most of the president's cabinet will not be watching the speech in person, so a designated survivor will not be selected. Saki said Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court John Roberts, First Lady Jill Biden, Vice President Harris, and Second Gentleman Douglas Emhoff will all be in attendance. And they were there. Senate President Pro Tempore Patrick Leahy, who is third in line for the presidency behind Harris and Speaker House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, is expected to attend Biden's speech on Wednesday. This is according to Politico. I don't remember seeing him there, but the 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 feed that I ultimately had to use was the White House feed, so it was very limiting. Uh, if Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen does not attend the speech, she will be the highest-ranking cabinet member in the line of succession for the presidency, not in the Capitol building during the event. Um, but that's... But she was, uh, unless she was designated the designated survivor. Uh, I don't know how that would have worked. Now Leahy told reporters Tuesday that he has got to think about whether to attend Biden's speech. This is interesting. Now Biden used his address to the joint session of Congress to lay out his next legislative proposal focusing on child care and education in addition to calling for police reform and addressing the pandemic and other top issues. And you notice during this whole thing, he talked more about the vaccine and the pandemic and everything than he did anything else. It's as if nothing else really mattered. He focused on, on taxes. Um, what... Biden obviously doesn't understand, and what Democrats do not understand, is what you do to the rich ultimately ends up happening to the middle class. So if 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 they think for one minute that tax increases will not happen to the middle class, uh, they're delusional. Now, of course, uh, Cherokee Rose watching on uh, on Twitch.tv uh, raised the question, anyone know why? I believe that was in regards to the designated survivor. And as I pointed, and just as I pointed out, there was none selected because most of his cabinet would not be there. But that's not an excuse. Someone had to, should have been designated as the designated survivor and taken to a secure, undisclosed location. This is unacceptable behavior. I'm sorry. It's as if they think that they're immune to any kind of catastrophic event. That's what they think. Well, the uh, Capitol Hill Police Department's interim police chief pointed out that... uh, Militia groups threatened the event. 
made bold threats to kill people and all this other stuff. I'm like, this is the first I'm hearing about this. Me too. Really? So I have a feeling because after tonight's so-called State of the Union address, the decision of whether the troops and that fencing stays up continues or ends after tonight uh, is still yet to be determined. I've got a funny feeling it's all going to stay in place. That big fence wall around the Capitol and all that. National Guard soldiers manning post is all going to continue. I got that gut feeling. Because they're a bunch of cowards on Capitol Hill, on the Democratic side of the aisle. And they're going to use this, they're, they're going to use that interim police chief's words as an excuse to continue keeping the American people out of our house. Now, of course, um, if you'd like to join the discussion tonight, there is a there is a phone number available uh, for yep. you to call. Uh, if you'd like to join in, dial 845-475-8955. That's 845-475-8955. Um, Cherokee Rose even agrees with me on this. Uh, she doesn't think that they'll remove the fencing. So if they don't remove the fencing, they're not going to remove the National Guard. And if that and if that's the and if that turns out to be the case, what does that tell the American people? You know what I'm saying, Gun? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, they're not. You know, they're they're in fear for their lives, exactly, and rightfully so. You didn't see the fence around the, the you know, the Capitol and everything when Trump was in there, because everybody loved Trump, okay, except for a few. Obviously. This idiot, everybody hates this son of a bitch, okay. There's no doubt about it because we all know they stole him and his little minions stole the election, okay. Hands down, we know that, okay. I don't need a rocket scientist to tell me that. You know, the Democrats did not steal the election because they damn well sure did. Okay. So <clears throat> that's what they're scared of. This is exactly why that they they are going to try to cheat again in 2024 or even in 2022, what, whatever it was. Okay. Because look at, look at what they're doing. Okay. Look how bold these motherfuckers are, are acting. Right, even right now. Okay. You heard the fucking clapping and the fucking, you know, I'm surprised he didn't get a standing ovation. He did multiple oh, times. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. But who gave him the standing ovation? The well, Democrats. Democrats. But you see, that's how bold they have they are they have become because they know they have got away. Hell, they've got away with murder, basically, because they murdered the presidency of the United States, and that was officially Donald J. Trump. Okay, by landslide. He won the fucking thing by a landslide. We all know that. Okay, that's a fact. Okay, <clears throat> so now they think that they're so bold and they're so 
They're so, you know, their balls bigger than the state of Texas, obviously. Okay. They'll try it again. Why not? I mean, once you, once you fuck the system and once you, uh, you know, prove that you can steal an election, for God's sake. Now, if it was just a dog catcher election, you know, your county dog catcher or city dog catcher or whatever, okay, yeah. And they got exposed and they got caught and they got their hands banged and, you know, all this blah, blah, bullshit. But when you go out there and you steal the goddamn presidency of the United States of America and bloat about it, just like they're doing right now, don't you think they're going to do it again? doesn't matter if it's been exposed. See what we did? See what we did? Our hands are, st- are, are so silky and smooth clean because nobody slapped their fucking hands. Well, I, I, would, I would be inclined to agree with you, except for one small problem. While while it may not have gone the way we had hoped it would, the fact that the evidence has been seen by by millions of Americans, uh, I have that that four panel security surveillance video that shows them counting votes after they said they were they were finished for the night. The Arizona uh, audit is going is still happening. Okay, Georgia is considering their an audit similar to the state of Arizona. And even if Georgia doesn't do that, just having Arizona's audit alone uh if it if it proves beyond a reasonable doubt there was election/voter fraud, the Democrats are going to look at that and go, "Whoops. The American people now know about this. They're getting there's that information." plus what's been released previous, while they couldn't use it against us, this time they know that, that they know that it, there's been there's been some chicanery going on and we don't dare try it a second time or even a third time. Because if we try it a second time and it gets found out again, there's gonna be an uproar. There's gonna there is going to be a lot of people pissed. You'll see, you'll see that I'm fucking right because even after all these audits and everything and whatever they're doing, okay, say let's hypothetically speak real fast. Say they do come up with evidence of voter fraud, okay, which we already knew that, obviously. Okay, is anybody going to do anything about it? The only thing that would slap the Democrats in the fucking face that would stop them from doing what they did if it went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court nullified the presidency of the United States as it stood. Have a re have a recap, re-election, whatever. Okay. Ooh, me. I doubt. Okay. So that means if they've got away with murder. So if they if nobody up there at the top notch, and this is the toppest notch that you can get, is the Supreme Court of the United States, if they don't fucking select these motherfuckers, who's going to? They're going to get away with it again. You have to discipline these people. I don't care if it's these people. I don't care if it's a five-year-old misbehaving child. If you do not discipline these people and these childs, look at what they grew up to be. Well, fucking liberal Democrats. That's what they grew up to be because they haven't been fucking spanked. Okay? Right now, as it sits, right now, nobody has spanked these motherfuckers. That's why their fucking balls think they're bigger than the fucking state of Texas, and they're bloating, and they're saying, Oh, that's what we done. And unless something is done, 
if these people, unless it's done, which I doubt, look at history, okay, sure, yeah, we found this, this state found this, this state found this, this state found this, okay, now, you know, it's like a, it's like this last uh, episode of the uh, the Roadrunner in Bugs Bunny, you know, that or, or Coy- uh, Willie Coyote, the very last one says, you know, and he finally caught that little motherfucker, okay, and you know what he did? He held up a sign, you know, he's famous for those signs, and he says, now what? It's going to be the same thing just like that. Now what? Is the Supreme Court going to act on it? Probably not. So we're back to square one. <laughs> Logically speaking, go ahead. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Well, like I said, I have to respectfully disagree. With, with the idea that they'll try it again because they know that nothing got used against them. But the evidence is out there. And, and just like anything in cyberspace, once it gets out there, there's no getting it back. Which means the American people, as, as, as stupid as the Democrats think the, the American people are, they're not stupid. We are not a bunch of stupid asses. We're not Democrats. The ones that are that are smart. The 75 million plus people that voted for Trump are not stupid people. Okay? And and unfortunately, it has you have to give way to, to, to basic good old-fashioned logic and reason. You really do. Logically, yes, they know they got away with it. This time. But now they're looking at the audits that are taking place. They see the evidence that's out there. Now, while YouTube may have taken down a lot of stuff, where I have it showing right now is on Rumble. And that's that's out there for the world to see. Okay? And I'm not the only one on Rumble that's got it out there. As far as that surveillance video. So you take the surveillance video... The affidavits, the sworn affidavits, okay? And if you notice, if you remember correctly, none of the Democrats challenged those affidavits. They didn't challenge them at all. They didn't even try to challenge them because they knew they got, their, they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Now, with Arizona's audit, the simple fact is, there's going to there's there's going to be a, a point in time where the democrats are going to have to wake up to reality and and realize they can't do this a second time. They know that, that they got away with it once, but they know that trying it a second time and if they get caught again, it's going to cause a fierce uproar across this nation. The likes of which hasn't been seen since the American Revolution. So, if they're if they're really hell-bent on being dictators, they wouldn't even bother with an election. They'd just turn around and have Biden sign an executive order abolishing all American elections. But they're not going to do that either. You know why? Because the second they do that, they're destroyed. They will have destroyed their chances of staying in power. And they know it. So I've got this deep gut feeling they're not going to try it. 
They may be stupid, but they're not that stupid. I don't, listen, I'm not going to take anything away from the Democrats. They're crafty motherfuckers. They're sneaky snake oil salesmen that at the drop of a hat will, will, will do anything it takes to get Trump out. And that's what they did. They succeeded. But it was a very dangerous game they played. And now with HR1, they're trying to say that an, Ill- an illegal election is in fact a legal one. And that's why the Republicans are hell-bent on not letting that pass in the Senate. And I don't see it passing in the Senate. It may have passed in the House, but it won't get past the Senate. So here's the, here's the deal. Democrats, they want to try and, try and cheat again? They're only asking for serious trouble. That's why I say they're not going to do it. Common sense and logic have to play into it at, at some point. Now, Donald Trump is considering 2024. He's not going to make any kind of formal announcement one way or the other until after the 2022 election. And he said that to Dan Bongino on his podcast today. Now, the only way they're going to cheat if they try it again, which I sincerely doubt they will, is if Donald Trump says he's running again. But they know that if they try cheating again with Trump running, it's gonna the people are gonna look back at 2020 and go, whoa, wait a fucking minute. Election night, Trump was way ahead, and then all of a sudden, boom, a 180-degree turn, and he's and he and he loses. Now let's fast forward to the year 2024. Election day. Trump runs. He's winning by by a landslide. All of a sudden, another 180. People aren't going to people are not going to are not going to sit there and say, "Oh, it, it it just happened. All these votes were found." Yeah. Dead people voting. People who moved out of a state were out of the state well over 30 days, notified the Board of Elections they were they were moving. Only to have, only to vote in the state they moved to, and they're voting in the state they left. How is that even legal or possible? Now the Democrats, they know that if they try this again, they're they're only asking for a huge disaster, a huge catastrophe. And believe me. They'll get what they got coming to them, and they'll get what they deserve. But I sincerely doubt they'll try it. And even Cherokee Rose said about illegals voting. That's another thing that the the Democrats are, are, are hoping to do. Have illegals vote. And make their vote a legal vote. 
That's what HR one is designed to do. But that's not going to see. This is what this is why these audits are so important too. How many of these votes were by people that aren't even legal citizens of this country? Notice how he brought up about Russia's interference with our elections. How about the Democrats' interference in the election by cheating? And it was proven. Even though it was never used against them, it was still proven. And they know it. Time to look at some of the headlines that are going on. President Trump planning to bring back MAGA rallies. That's right. President Trump is gearing up to possibly restart his Make America Great Again rallies as early as May. According to a source close to President Trump Wednesday, the event setup may be different, but the same vendors will be used. The idea for a MAGA rally reboot gained traction after Trump vowed to travel to Alaska to campaign against Senator Lisa Murkowski. Reports also said the 45th president may want to use the rallies to communicate with supporters after he was kicked off social media platforms by big tech giants like Twitter. President Trump also hinted at doing another rally in an interview with Dan Bongino, which I just mentioned moments ago. Bongino asked, I never tell you this in person, but we need a Trump rally. Can you throw one soon? just for fun and of course president trump answers we'll do one soon they love the rallies we did 56 rallies and we never had an empty slot or seat he's right too anticipation has been mounting as supporters await a possible announcement on whether he will run for president again in 2024 however President Trump's office has not responded to the MAGA rally rumors. Hmm. Now the question becomes, what will Donald Trump do? Will he run? Or won't he? My hope is he does. But we won't know that until after the 2022 midterm elections. So right now, the focus is on the, the midterms. And it's beginning to look more and more like the Republicans may take back the Senate and the House of Representatives, Congress. Because right now there's what, six, seven seats separating them in the Congress? That's the thin, slim lead that the Democrats have control of the House with. They lose seven seats. If they lose eight seats, 
the Republicans regain the House. And old martini breath Pelosi basically gets told, thank you for playing and pretending to be Speaker of the House. Now go sit down, little girl. What do you say to all that, Gun? Gun? I got that for a minute, but yeah, I heard it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, it's, I, Trump is going to have to uh, run again in 2024 because to repair the fuck up shit that they're doing right now. Okay? It's somebody's got to do it. Somebody's like Trump. If he doesn't do it, somebody's like Trump's going to have to do it. Because he's this is a this is a clusterfuck, out of control, spin to the ground, crash and burn scenario. Okay, and I don't see anybody else that's able to do it except him or somebody like him. Okay, uh, because if they have their way for the next four fucking years, God forbid. Uh, we still don't know whether Sleepy Joe's going to even be in there much longer. You know, that's still up for, I don't know what. That's got to go one way or the other. You know that uh, Camel Toe the Hoe is making all the decisions behind his back. You know that. You know, just, you see how she's grinning from here to here. She's just waiting for that 25th Amendment to kick in or she's something. She's doing most of the work anyway. Yeah, like I said, she's doing, she just, she's just sitting there just going, <laughs> just shortly, I'm going to be the queen. Yeah, right. Well, we need that kind of So, uh, Trump's got to do, do something. And if he can start the rallies again, okay, uh, there's, like you said a while ago, there was very few times that most of the seats were packed and, and, and standing room only, inside and down the block, two or three fucking Okay. Give or give or take an inch. Yeah, give or take an inch. That one that comes to mind, uh, the one he had here in Texas, down here in Houston. I've been to Houston a number of times. Okay, and that and every fucking street around downtown was nothing but red hats, as far as you can see. I mean, I was I was there had to be over a million people uh, in downtown Houston. Okay, every fucking street was packed. Red hats. That's just one fucking rally. But Sleepy Joe won from the basement, you know, from subterranean basement. Yeah, right. True. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's something's going to have to give um, if this country could even survive that long. Okay. Uh, we'll wait and see. I mean, uh, Cherokee Rose mentioned something uh, in regards to the elections. Um, Cherokee Rose said, how about China interference? Now, I have no doubt in my mind that Russia and China interfered. I have no doubt in my mind they did that. But their efforts were nothing compared to what the Democrats were able to pull off. They were desperate to stop Trump. 
their impeachments didn't do any good. Oh, they got them impeached in the Congress. But when it came to the Senate trials, and the way it goes, troubles down the drain. Yeah. Then there's that. Uh, what I suspect is going to be a, a very easy uh, thing to look at is when you think about it, Gunslinger, think about this. You've got a man like Donald Trump who did, um, who did absolutely the most amazing thing ever done in the history of American politics. He told the truth. He not only told the truth, when he said he was going to do something, he did it. There was only one thing that he didn't do, which I'm still a little disappointed with, but one out of God knows how many things? I hear that, Crinklin. That was me, Crinklin, a Democrat. Yeah, take that. <laughs> Crunching the Democrats to smithereens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, it's it's a no brainer. It really is. Um, what well, what I what I find laughable though is the way that Biden. He ran around in circles with, with, with what he was saying tonight. And did you notice he did not acknowledge anyone, really? There was a Supreme Court justice there. I couldn't make out who it was, but there was one there. Of all the Democrats in the room, he could have named at least three or four of them. Didn't. I don't even think he acknowledged his... No, he did acknowledge his wife was there. But, honestly? Really? If you're gonna do something like this, you better have all your ducks in a row and your facts better be be, be for real. Oh, wait a minute. No, that was Donald Trump that did that. We're talking about Joe Biden. He wouldn't know a truthful fact if it slapped him in the face and, and, and kicked him in his nuts. But, hey, what can I say? Joe Biden is a sleepy, creepy bitch, And you know the Democrats are are already plotting and scheming should Trump decide to run. They're also plotting and scheming not necessarily to cheat, but they're plotting and scheming because the TV ads and everything are, are going to start flying like stink on shit. I've seen a, a couple of uh, congressional ads already. One from uh, Congressman Getz. And they're trying to they're trying to railroad his his ass. All kinds of accusations of womanizing and shit like that. 
Huh? Prove it. Prove it. Now, earlier tonight, I was watching Newsmax, and Gunslinger, I certainly hope you're sitting down, brother. Because I don't know if you heard about this. But they raided Rudy, they raided Rudy Giuliani's home at 6 o'clock this morning. We heard that, man. Yeah. <clears throat> now check this out. When federal agents raided Rudy Giuliani's Manhattan home early Wednesday, they found a surprisingly cooperative target. The former New York City mayor quickly brought the agents into his study and began sharing his electronic devices with them, helping them fulfill their search warrant mission. A source close to Giuliani said that one of the agents pointed to a computer hard drive on the former mayor's desk. Asking about it, Giuliani responded, Well, that's Hunter Biden's hard drive. Giuliani offered to give the hard drive to the agents, telling them, it has evidence of President Biden committing multiple crimes with his son, Hunter. Surprised, the agents reportedly not only rebuffed the evidence, they didn't even bother to check what was on the hard drive. In a statement released after the raid by Giuliani's attorney, Robert Costello, the lawyer said the refusal to even look at the hard drive demonstrates the political nature of the probe of his client. Keep in mind that the agents could not read the physical hard drives without plugging them in. But they took Mr. Giuliani's word that the hard drives were copies of Hunter Biden's hard drive and did not contain anything pertaining to Mr. Giuliani, the statement claimed. Their reliance on Mr. Giuliani's credibility tells you everything you need to know about this case, Costello added. Reportedly, the federal probe into Giuliani's dealings in the Ukraine has been underway for, eight, for over 18 months and is said to focus on whether he registered as a foreign agent when he advocated for the dismissal of the U.S. ambassador in Kiev. Giuliani, who was lawyer to President Donald Trump, has stated repeatedly that he, has, that he was representing Trump in Ukraine and not foreign interests in Washington. Giuliani and his attorney also insist that they have repeatedly offered to cooperate with prosecutors looking into the case, but Costello said the prosecutors have refused to engage with him and his client. Instead, prosecutors of the Southern District of New York sought to use a high-profile raid to draw attention to their probe, Costello said. Costello claimed the raid demonstrated how the Justice Department is running roughshod over the constitutional rights of anyone involved in or legally defending former President Donald J. Trump. It is outrageous that the Trump derangement syndrome has gone so far that hatred has driven this unjustified and unethical attack on the United States Attorney and Mayor 
who did more to reduce crime than virtually any other in American history, Costello said. Another source close to the former mayor suggested the real target of the federal probe is not Giuliani, but former Trump. Excuse me one second. For two years, Rudy was his personal attorney. Knew his whole legal defense in these probes and also was the point man on all the election stuff, the source said. They used this warrant to get information on Trump. This is about the weaponization of the Justice Department for political purposes. Costello said Giuliani's seized devices were replete with communications protected by attorney-client privilege. The Democrats, Biden, they all weaponized the Justice Department not long after uh, Merrick Garland became the Attorney General of the United States. In fact, even before he became the Attorney General of the United States, working under Biden. So, does it surprise me that this raid took place? No. But to attempt to discredit, embarrass a former mayor of the city of New York, a man who, as attorney general and mayor, fought to reduce crime in New York City, especially, and was successful at the time of doing so, all because he was Trump's attorney. That's the only reason they did this. This was political. This is what dictatorships do, America. This is what dictatorships do. They use places like the Department of Justice to enact and exact political hit jobs. What do you think, Gunn? Well, yeah, they're, they're just a political hack. There's no doubt about that. Um, they go after. They're, they're ruthless. They're, they're, I don't know, they're just worse than scavengers, Okay. Because what is what is it going to come out? What is this going to come out? Oh, Hunter's got a hard drive. Uh, all this uh, skullduggery and criminality that he did, along with uh, Sleepy Joe. So yeah, they just they just did that just to put him through the ringers, you know, just like you know trying to uh, get rid of all the things Trump had done, you know, by executive order. All the jobs, all the jobs that were created by him, all the corporations that came back to the United States, they're fucking leaving. They're packing their shit and leaving again. Do you blame them? No, because all the fucking taxes. Okay? There's a dickhead in the White House right now that's going to try to impose them. They say, fuck you, we're leaving. And it's going to tax the more tax on the rich. Well, you know what the rich going to do? <laughs> we're taking our money out of the United States and we're going to put it someplace else. Go fuck yourself. 
That's the name of that game, okay? Business, business, or whatever, okay? But yeah, you know, it's it's. <laughs> he was his right hand man, the attorney. So yeah, he's gonna definitely gonna get after. They're not over on their on their scavenger. Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy about what these people are doing. You know, even though he's not even in office anymore, they're still going at anybody that could be associated with Trump because that's how much they hate him. How much they don't want him to run. They don't want him to return. Look at the four years that they were trying to get rid of get rid of him. <laughs> uh, wow. The day after he was the the day he was inaugurated, what was Maxine Maxi Pad Waters screaming? Impeach forty five, impeach forty five, impeach forty five. Yep. Al Green. Time and time and time and time again on the floor of the House of Representatives, calling for his impeachment. They got their impeachment, not once, but twice, through Congress. But when it came to the Senate trials, right down the shitter. Trump beat them in the Senate trials, twice. And the second one was a sham impeachment and sham Senate trial. Because the Senate trial should have been conducted by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, and he declined to do it. So Patrick Leahy did it. And he's not supposed to do it because he's not the Supreme Court judge. He's not the uh, he's not the uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. So again, it was a sham. But the Democrats would tell you, "Oh no, Mr. Leahy was quite was was quite legal in his in his handling of of this of the Senate trial," which is bullshit. And I do mean grade A U.S. choice. Bullshit. Well, Cherokee Rose asked a good question. How low will they go? Well, if Nancy Pelosi had 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 slid down any lower, she could have given him a blowjob right there on the congressional floor. That's how low I'm sure they're willing to go. Yes, folks, I said it. I mean, hell, for the first time in our nation's history, two women, not one, but two, two scumbag women, Kamala Camelto Harris, Wait a minute. Let me do this proper. Kamala Camelto Harris and Nancy. I gotta have another five hundred martinis, Pelosi. Yes. Yes. They sat there, and they were. Yay, 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 yay. You didn't see it because, well, they went underneath the desk, so you couldn't see them. I know I'm being I'm being really mean, but hey, 
That's why Biden smiled a, a couple of times. Did you notice? He actually smiled because they're underneath the desk behind the podium going, <coughs> making him happy. I know, folks. I'm being a really, really rotten bastard. But what the hell? It's fun. That's how much I can't stomach Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Kamala Camelto. <laughs> Just seeing, you know something? If they, if, if, if they, they should make a collector's bill just for them. Double zero and triple zero. Put their faces on the bill and have a single drop coming off of their lips. Where they gave the, where they gave Joe Biden a little something to make him smile for and put today's date on it. I'm sure that would go over great. Yes, I know. I know there's somebody out there in, in the distance watching or listening to this going, Oh, that was disgusting. Hey, if you can't stand the heat, get the fuck out of the kitchen. <laughs> Look, all jokes aside, when you talk about people who are suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, every Democrat in the Congress and, and every Democrat in the Senate suffers from it. And going after Giuliani like this, Gunslinger, I'm sorry. It's political. That's all, it'll, that's all it was, and that's all it'll ever be. Uh, what the hell was that I heard? I just told you about the Huh? No, you in the background. Oh. Sorry. Hey. Stuff happens. Now, let's see here. What else is going on? Well, GOP senators, GOP Senator Tim Scott says America is not a racist country. Um, it is if you're, if you, if you, if the Democrats say it is, oh, wait, they're the only ones saying it is. Hmm. Oh, people, people, the people in Arizona are going to love this. A judge won't block Arizona Arizona Senate's 2020 election recount. Ah, this is interesting. 
An unprecedented audit of ballots from November's presidential election will continue in Arizona. But the private company hired by the Republican-led state Senate must make public its procedures for guaranteeing the privacy of voters and the secrecy of their choices. The decision Wednesday by Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Daniel Martin was both a loss and a win for the Arizona Democratic Party, which is challenging the recount in a state Joe Biden won narrowly over Donald Trump. The Democrats argued the public had a right to know how the count of 2.1 million ballots in the state's most populous county was being conducted. Their lawyers argued that voter privacy would be irreparably harmed if the process proceeded, at least without knowing how the recount was being conducted. Judge Martin acknowledged that when he ordered the Senate's contractor, a company led by a Florida man who has shared unfounded conspiracy theories claiming the official 2020 presidential election results are illegitimate and former President Donald Trump actually won. Okay, this is put out by the Associated Press, so I'm going to apologize now. But this is, I'm not even going to read any more of this crap. To the people that run the Associated Press, why don't you just suck Biden's dick and get it over with? Along with the rest of the mainstream media liberal losers? And for God's sakes. Fucking ridiculous. You believe this bullshit? The Associated Press stooping so low as to to make it to to say that the uh, the guy that the, the contractor uh, shared unfounded conspiracy theories. First of all, when you've got people counting ballots and blocking the view of uh, those who are supposed to be observing, when you tell someone, "Oh, we're done counting. It's ten thirty p.m. We're done. Count- we're done. We are finished counting for the night. Everybody can go home now." And then about an hour and a half later, you've got people sitting there counting ballots you took out from underneath a fucking table. Hmm. Now, Associated Press. You're no better than CNN and MSNBC. You're a liberal. You are liberal shitbag cocksuckers that haven't got the brains God gave you. This story, I should have stopped right where, right, 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 right at the at the one paragraph. But when I once I started reading this and it said conspiracy theories, no, it's not a conspiracy theory. The Democrats stole the election, fuckhead. It's been proven. Didn't get used against the Democrats. That's unfortunate. But it's been proven, and you can't handle it. You're suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, Associated Press. So, fuck you, Associated Press. And you can take that any way you fucking like. I 
I don't know. I, I, I don't get a gunslinger. Why do these news outlets that are obvious liberal shitbags, why, do why don't they just come around and say what they say what they really mean rather than beat around the fucking bush? Are they that scared of reprisal? Go ahead. I'd say they're scared of something. Absolutely. You know they're scared of something. Because they know that they stole the election. That's pretty simple. Um, I, you know, the massive screwballism, okay, that's associated with these people is, is absolutely mind-boggling. I'm almost speechless for words, okay? Because they just continue and continue. It's like the energy I Just continue and continue and continue. i never seen nothing like it. But it all started with Trump. That's, that's when he exposed the swamp. He exposed the skullduggery, what these people were up to, really up to. But they don't give a fuck about you, okay? They don't give a fuck about this country. They're commies. How can they care about this country when they're fucking communists? Communists don't care about the about a country, okay, unless you're part of, of part of the communism, okay, or the dictatorship. That's what communism is, a dictatorship. Uh, look at Russia. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's they're they're just fucking screwball. Okay, and they might have had some clout way back in the day, I don't know. Back in the forties, way back here. But today's Democrats are probably as worthless as those fucking bugs getting zapped up there on that fucking bug zap. Good. Well, my basic, my basic um, thought process here is they don't know what they want. They don't know what they what they're going. They don't know what what to do because. At the time, Trump was, well, he was, a, he was an anomaly. Okay? He was an anomaly. An enigma wrapped in, wrapped in a contradiction as far as the Democrats were concerned. And, uh, well, gee, that's exactly what Trump was. He was an enigma wrapped around a contradiction. The contradiction being that he was not a politician. He wasn't. Everything Trump did, he did like a businessman would do. And that pissed off the Democrats. Really bad. That pissed them off. So, so badly. But Gunslinger, it's going to piss them off even more to the point of near fright, especially if the Senate and the Congress get taken back by the Republicans. And that's something I want to see happen in the midterms. And I got a feeling it's going to. I got a strong gut feeling. The Republicans are going to take back the Congress and they're going to take back the Senate. They came awfully fucking close in 2020. Something tells me 20, 
22 is going to be their year to shine like a baby's behind. And if they succeed at taking back the Congress and the Senate, they'll make damn sure no chicanery, no shenanigans take place in 2024. Believe it. Now, let's see here. What else? What else is going on? Let me see here. Let me check out another item here. According to One American News Network, Biden administration fails to deliver on a promise of a better America. You think? Folks, I want to show you something before I read this article. This image comes from... This image you're about to see is from the article that I'm going to be reading in just a moment for, for Dunn and I to discuss. Take a look at this. That's the fence surrounding Capitol Hill right now. All right. I'm going to zoom in on something here and hopefully you'll be able to see it. There's a sign right here on the fence that says area closed. It's almost it's a little distorted because I had to zoom in as much as I could. How is how can you close an, the area that that the taxpayers own? This is owned by the taxpayers, by we the people. And yet And yet, we're shut out from Capitol Hill. And now because of that interim police chief, yep, still fenced in. As of, as of today, it was still fenced in. Will it be that way tomorrow? Will the National Guard still be there? I have a feeling they're going to be there for a long, long, long time. Because thanks to that interim police chief, Capitol Hill police chief, claiming that militia groups threaten congressional members' lives, that's going to be the just, all the justification Congress needs to keep them there, to keep the fence there. And it's funny, Democrats hate walls, but yet they have one surrounding them. In a matter of speaking. It's a fence. It's not a wall, but technically it's a wall. Technically speaking. All right. 
Now then, according to this, under Joe Biden's current leadership, it's becoming apparent how the administration is failing to deliver what they promised, namely a so-called better America than that of President Trump. A recent Yahoo News report found 10 areas where the Biden administration has done far more harm than good. The report explained how the United States Postal Service law enforcement arm known as the Internet Covert Program, or ICOP, or ICOP, proves Biden's America is invading the rights of citizens nationwide. The surveillance effort involves analysts combing through social media sites, looking for posts deemed as threatening, which are then sent to other government agencies. Political commentator Glenn Beck said his disappointment said his disappointment, but not surprised to find out the Postal Service is spying on the American citizens. In a tweet from Glenn Beck, I'd really like to know what authority the U.S. Postal Service has to monitor the Internet. I'd like to know that myself. In the meantime, 30 representatives sent a letter to Postmaster General Louis DeJoy last week requesting details on the monitoring. A recent CNN report noted 63 of the largest police jurisdictions saw increases in at least one category of violent crimes following the disastrous defund the police movement. In an interview Monday, former Las Vegas Police Lieutenant Randy Sutton said America is on the verge of a public crisis. Sutton argued that the anti-police rhetoric and actions across the country are psychologically and emotionally damaging, which has resulted in mass departures of officers. The fallout continues as it's reported that in many cities, hundreds of police officers are retiring, resigning, and quitting their jobs. In an exclusive interview on One American News Network, the president of New York City's Sergeant Benevolent Association, Ed Mullins, said police officers are walking off the job and retiring en masse over political agendas. Mayor de Blasio, who comes in with all these progressive policies, along with the city council that adopt these progressive policies, and they begin this anti-police agenda, he, he explained. Through its inaction, the Biden administration is busy putting the safety of all American citizens at risk, including the very communities most at risk for violence, robbery, and homicides. I'd like to know what fucking right the United States Postal Service has to search through social media. Last time I checked, I didn't, my email. My social media posts, my private messages, did not fall under the post office. 
it's not like I, I, I send a private message to, to you, Gunslinger, and I have to slap a stamp on the fucking thing every time I go to send it to you. So what, what fucking right do they have spying on us? And of course, what they, their spying efforts are then turned over to other agencies? Let me see your papers. I swear to God, I expect that to be next. But right now, we're talking about the this. It's just like it was under the under Obama under Obama banger. Obama had the had the NSA spying on us, the FBI spying on us, spying on Trump. And then it didn't happen under Trump, but then all of a sudden, here comes Biden, and it's starting all the fuck over again. What right does the post office have to spy on us? Care to to take a stab at it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's just one of the peas in the pod. And the whole fucking barrel, actually. It doesn't, it's not necessarily the fucking post office. I mean, you're being spied on every fucking day. If your computer is hooked up to that fucking internet, you're being spied on. I'm being spied on right now. You're being spied on right now because it's it's hooked into the, in, into the modem. And that's the internet. Okay? I don't care what provider you have. I don't care who it is. AT&T, Comcast, cable, satellite, it doesn't matter. They are fucking spying, and they are collecting your data, okay? However way that they can. What are they doing with it? I have no idea. You know, it's like they don't... I mean, it's it's the technology world out here, okay? Um, they spy on you. They will listen in on you. Uh, I don't care who it is, okay? They've got fucking microphones that they can step four houses down from you in a taxi cab and listen to your ass. Every fucking word that you say. So, I mean, you carry around your, your self-identification, your driver's license and all this shit. They got your life history on that. You go to open up a bank account, <laughs> they got your life history on that. Okay? They'll pull, I mean, if they really wanted to fucking ruin you, they could pull everything out since you the day you was born. I mean, come on, give me a break. If we're in a, we live in a technological spy world. So does it surprise me that the post office is spying and collecting all kinds of data? No, that's probably. Oh, jeez. Yep. Wait a minute, Gunslinger. Hold on a second. You mean to tell me that that, that they go back as far as the day I the day I the day I was held up by my ankles? The doctor smacked smacked me on my ass, and I went <laughs> right in his face. And he held me out by the ankles like this and went, uh, Mrs. Sinzer, what did you say your son's name is? George Allen. It fits. They go back that far? Pretty much. (laughs) Why not? I mean, every, every, you know, it may not have been as bad back then, or for the last part, it been killer, but, uh, it's it's a zillion times worse now with all the modern technology. Oh yeah, um, but gunslinger, I, oh, 
to to what end that's what that's that's the one question that comes to mind here is to what end are they spying on every single one of us i mean do they are the democrats that fearful of the american people i'll tell you what i i've got i've got i've got i've got democrats this is the only time you will ever hear me make this kind of a statement well, you may hear it a couple of more times, but understand this. If you're standing in an elevator and you're standing behind me, and like tonight, I had B&M baked beans with bacon and onion and, a little, and just a little bit of golden spicy brown mustard with sliced hot dogs cooked in with it. One can of that, four hot dogs. Oh, my insides are getting are getting really, really, really ready for for tomorrow. It's going to take, it won't happen until tomorrow. I feel sorry for my friend across the Hudson River. He's he's a, that poor soul is going to get hit with it hard. It's going to be like da 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 da. Each floor, we go up the next floor. Yes, Democrats, I'm telling you right now, you stand in an elevator with me, I will gas your fucking ass out like a light. I actually did that. That actually happened once. I'm not joking. That actually happened. I got in an elevator, you know, just to have a little yuck yuck moment here. But this actually happened. I got on an elevator, and I was going up like five flights, and the other folks were going up the rest of the way. And sure enough, what happened was I had a bad bout of gas. So I get in the elevator. It's a packed car. Everybody's behind me. I'm right there by the doors because I know damn well they're going to be running out that do- out, out that elevator holding their holding like this going but they won't get a chance with me standing there blocking the way unless they stampede and I end up face down on the floor going well I let one loose in the elevator and this one guy all the way in the corner Sitting there going, oh, oh God, what the fuck? Oh, what the fuck, man? Oh, God. This lady standing maybe right behind me and off to my right. She she was the only one that didn't react out of all out of all the people in the elevator. And there's a reason for that. Apparently, she had a really bad head cold and her, her sinuses were clogged. So it didn't phase her one bit. So if the if if the U.S. Postal Service wants to uh, spy on me all the way, hey, I've got a great idea. I'll tell you what, I, I'm I'm gonna be at at I'm gonna be down at the, at the at the Poughkeepsie train station tomorrow. Can't miss this face. 
because I won't put my mask on until I get until I until just before I get on board the bus. And 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna and and you can walk right up to me, but I'm gonna forewarn you. You walk up to me, you identify yourself. I'm gonna sit there and go, dun 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 dun, dun. and I'm gonna make sure I turn and say, fire in the hole. I will gas warfare your ass right away from me. <laughs> Did, did 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 I just say that out loud? I have to be. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It it's what I'm a conservative and 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 I'm an honest person. So I'm going to be honest and say exactly what I mean. But I'm not going to say it mean. Watch. See, gunslinger. That that's the one nice thing about about the about me. People find out quick. There is no forewarning. When it when I blow, brother, I let go. So if anybody wants to follow me, spy on me, get too close to me, especially after I've eaten pork and beans, you have been warned. I've got poor Cherokee Rose watching on twitch.tv. Dying laughing right now. Good. Glad I can make you laugh today. Especially after being bored to tears watching and listening to, to Joe Biden. So, getting back to this... Um, to this to this thing with the... With, with the, uh, the surveillance... I mean, the United States Postal Service's law enforcement arm, the Internet Covert Program, or ICOP, proves Biden's America is invading the rights of citizens nationwide. But for what purpose? What is the purpose of doing that? And then the surveillance effort involves, according to this, analysts combing through social media sites looking for posts deemed as threatening. If me talking about farts on social media is threatening to you assholes, you got no fucking life. If wishing somebody a happy birthday or talking about something from back when I was a kid is a big threat to you? You got no fucking life. Now, all of this stuff is sent to other government agencies. So the only thing I can assume is the FBI, the, the NSA, and so forth. What's the purpose of the, uh, of the post office getting involved? we don't send and receive United States postal mail on the internet. <clears throat> so why would their, their law enforcement arm be involved in spying on us? What purpose would that serve, Gunslinger? <laughs> Command and control. Control freaks. 
I mean, we've, we've discussed that place, that data center that they got out there. We're worried that up there somewhere that takes huge amounts of computer power and, and cooling for all those computers. And it's to store data that they collect off the internet. Okay. You've seen, you show pictures of it. Okay. It's on the internet. You know, they've got it completed by now and it's up, up and running full speed. Mm-hmm. Everything that they can possibly fucking store. Okay. I, they just maybe store it just to store it so that one day maybe they'll use it. I know that it is, that it is, it can be stored. Okay. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Okay. I told you a short story that the, we did that AT&T microwave transmitting tower out there in East Texas years ago. I mean, this was years ago, back in the late 70s. Okay. And I stood by those racks of computers in that little building. And I seen and I heard every fucking phone call that was going through that, that microwave uh, transmitting station. I sat there and I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. Cell phone, landline, every, radio, everything that went through that tower, you could sit there and go and just step from one cabinet to the other and you could sit there and listen to them all day long. So I know that they record it. There's no doubt about that. Okay, like I said, I said it was bone to us. Okay. For what purposes? Trace, track. That's what your driver's license is for. Control, track, trace, know your history, the whole nine yards. So does that surprise me in today's technology world that everybody wants to be a little busybody and stick their fucking nose in your nookie jar? Doesn't surprise me. Should it? No. Go ahead. Well, I just posted the link in the chat room of the story that I'm going to bring up next. And he talked, Biden talked about systemic racism. Okay. Check this out, folks. This is from One American News Network. Barnard Professor sparks outrage with calls to gas explode white people you heard right folks Barnard College of Columbia University in New York has come under fire after one of its professors spoke about blowing up and gassing white people in what he called a possible race war In his recent book, English and Film Studies Assistant Professor Ben Filippi wrote that he would gather white people for a meeting of healing unity and then stage an explosion as well as a chemical attack against them. The author claimed free speech allowed him to make such remarks. Actually, fun fact, the section used used to be so much longer, so thank you to my editor for condensing it, Felipe said. I went into this advanced world building of what that race war could look like. And they were just like, no, maybe just half a page. Now, Felipe went on to say, 
He was just trying to take the state of the world to its logical conclusion. If we all have to exist in this common land together, and we can't get along, and we can't heal, if it's always going to be us versus them, define the us and define the, define the them however you want. This is what Felipe claimed. Then I was wrestling with wrestling the question that isn't the end result just all-out warfare? Like Game of Thorns style warfare. The English and film studies instructor added the section was disturbing to write because he is not a violent person and he loves all of his white friends. However, an excerpt from his book reads, I'll smile as we raise glasses to your good white health while the detonator blinks under the table, knowing the exits are locked and the air vents fill with gas. Bernard College is now facing calls to hold Felipe accountable for unethical behavior, which includes his calls for racially motivated violence. You know, someone once said, what you cannot verbalize, you write. Because if you verbalize it, it's, it becomes real in your mind and could become real in the realest and truest sense of the word. But if you write it down, not only does it become real, it becomes a dangerous manifesto of what others may decide to undertake. giving them the idea. Which makes you more dangerous? The spoken word or the written? And I think both can make a person equally as dangerous. Especially when it's something like this. Professor Felipe, you have a lot to learn about what's considered irony or hypothetical. You just showed your true colors. You may value your quote-unquote white friends but you committed the, the most grievous act of racist behavior I've ever seen. Written on... And you talk about a race war? It's folks like... It's, it's guys like you that are pushing for it. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And you're trying to deceive us. And it's not going to work. Trust me, 
every time I every time I see race wars written on 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 an article or what have you, it brings me right back to what I've said so many times. We're members of the same race, the human race. Our skin color doesn't matter. Men are men's bodies are built basically the same. Women's bodies are built basically the same. The only difference between them is the color of the, uh, is the color of their eyes and the color of their skin. But if that's all you're seeing, then you don't understand what I'm saying at all. God doesn't see race. He sees people. Think about it. So, Professor Felipe, before you open mouth and insert foot any deeper, think about this. Your best bet is to resign and get the hell out of this country while you still have a chance. Because somebody somewhere is going to take a look at that shit you wrote and they're going to say, this motherfucker's a danger to everyone in America. And people reading his book are going to take it too literal. You stupid son of a bitch. That's exactly what's going to end up happening. Thanks to a dumb fuck who claims to be a college professor. You may be book smart, but your intelligence quotient, your intelligence ratio as a human being is sub-basement. Gas. Blow up. White people. Really? Be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. And you could be held accountable for planting the seed of destruction. Bank on it. What do you think of this whole this whole scenario, Gunslinger? What this um, Bernard College professor uh, Ben Felipe had to say in his book? Well, you know, this this is what's wrong with these fucking so-called liberal colleges. That's exactly what you just read. Okay. Man, uh, they have no idea, okay, how real world really, okay, they're book educated, okay, what they are. And the book, yeah, it's, it may be good to a point, but it doesn't do shit when you get out there in the real world. You can throw that goddamn book right up trash, okay, because that's where it differs at. Okay, that's where everything differs from the real world thinking to the book. Okay, it's just like in my fucking trade that I was in. Okay, master electrician and all that, engineer and all that shit. I went to school, I, I took the test and all that shit. And a majority of it, a large majority of it, is book learning, of course. Okay, but the, the theoretical stuff really does exist out in the real hands-on world. When you get on the job and you start twisting wires and stripping wires and running tight cable and all that shit, you go, oops. Now, it's supposed to work in the book, 
but I'm sitting here with my hands on it, and I got my hands on a on a fucking bender, and it's supposed to be bending to a certain degree, and it's not. Why? Book says it works, but I'm sitting here going by the book, and it's not fucking working. What am I doing? Holding my fucking nose wrong? There, so there's so it does so it's completely different, okay, from what they think and what really goes on in the real world. And these idiots, like I said, they're fucking idiots, okay? When you want, you know, white people fucking dead and blown up and all that shit, motherfucker bring it on. You, you know, because they won't win a race war. I guarantee you that. Especially in the South. <laughs> Maybe up north, but never down here in the South. Okay? Because there's too many fucking rednecks. There's too many blades of grass with a redneck behind it with a fucking loaded gun. Okay? Ain't no doubt about that. It always was, it is, and it always will be, right? And, you know, this is what these other, these fucking people cannot fucking get through their fucking head, okay? You start fucking with people's rights and everything like that. Uh, if you don't like the way this country is running, or you don't like the way the fucking country is, fucking leave, okay? Get on a, get on a goddamn boat, get your ass out of this country, okay? And don't come back. I mean, why are you even here? Okay? If you don't like it, then fucking leave. Anybody holding a gun to your fucking head that you can't leave? No, I don't think so. But that's, you know, that's the way it is. It's, it's just the way it is. <laughs> you know? Go ahead. Well, it's like, it's like, a, it's like, the, you know, it, like I said, you know, here's a guy who writes a book. He includes comments about blowing up and gassing white people. Some sick, twisted son of a bitch is going to read that shit and take it to its dangerous conclusion. He doesn't realize that he's giving people ideas. And by doing that, he's, he's, he is giving the, the, the very idea of committing mass, mass murder. On a very large scale. Now Cherokee Rose said on Twitch. And that's who is teaching our kids in college. People like that. I don't care if the guy is white, black, Asian, Hispanic, or pink with polka dots. Any person who would write something that stupid and put it in a book. Is fomenting. The kind of violence. That we don't need on our streets he's actually giving people an idea of how to commit murder and i'm sorry but if if these liberal colleges nothing's going to happen to this guy the liberals are going to protect him free speech my ass yeah he's he's free to say it and everything else but there are consequences for your actions. That's conspiracy to, to commit murder, whether you know it or not. Incredible. Well, Gunslinger, I've been on this on this on this broadcast since just before Biden went on to spew his nauseating bullshit. <laughs> and 
I've got, and I'm going away for the weekend starting tomorrow. So I need to get some rest. But before I disappear, before you disappear, and before Cherokee Rose and everyone else watching and listening disappears, it's time for that all-important final thought on our on both our respective parts. So go ahead and give us your final thought for the evening. Well, like I said, and, you know, there's so many different uh, subjects here that, you know, if if these people are not held accountable, these Democrats, like they, well, they're getting a free run so far. Hopefully that will change. Okay. Uh, this speech was, was a joke. Uh, you know, like I said, I barfed over the rail a couple of times. Oh, oh my God. Wow. I just, it's one of those things that, see, that only proves the fantasy shit that they live in. You know, just what we said, 500,000 charging stations. The grid will go, oh, you're killing me, and go down. Okay. Within a short period of time, because it's just not going to work. Just like the Tesla batteries and all that shit that took 30,000 gallons of water to put out. Okay. There's accidents in this country, coast to coast, every fucking day in every fucking state. Can you imagine all them batteries exploding and catching fire and all that shit? You're not going to have enough firefighters nor enough fire trucks to put the some bitches out. Because the technology really doesn't exist right now that can put out plasma fires like that. To a point, it does. But when you get a bunch of them, I mean, they're going to be so busy, they, 24 hours a day, they'll be putting these damn things out. It's impossible. That's why they haven't came out with full electric cars at this point. The technology is not there. It may be there maybe a hundred years. It probably will be, okay, no doubt, with advancement in, in battery technology, motor technology, and all this shit. But right now, within any, don't count on it, next 50 years, okay, an all-green grid. Boy, that, if that's not a fucking fantasy world, I don't know what the fuck is. Okay. You want your electric bill to be as high as your mortgage payment? Two or three thousand dollars a month? Are you serious? Oh, electric bill? Now, big businesses and shopping centers and industrial places, yeah, they have bills like that and even bigger. Okay. But for your for just regular people like me and you, shit. Hello, candles. Okay. So none of that shit's going to ever work. That's really, you know, that's now going down the road of socialism. Socialism does not work, just like communism does not work. They're both hand in hand. They're one and the same. Go ahead, catch it later, and we're fixing to get rid Great. <laughs> later. Well, before you blaze a trail, gunslinger, I'll render my final thought, and I think you'll find this interesting. Joe Biden talked a lot but really didn't say anything. His so-called speech was nothing more than a campaign was nothing more than a campaign. It was a campaign speech, plain and simple. A wish list. When he talked about the uh, electric cars and everything else, let's remember one thing. Our nation's power grid is in need serious need of overhaul you start putting in charging stations all over the country and you're only guaranteeing one thing 
our nation's power grid being seriously damaged. It's not going to be rolling blackouts. There's going to be blackouts everywhere. Yep. People are going to be sitting in their houses in the dark. 90% of the time because you get all these cars charging up. And believe me when I tell you, Gunslinger, you're, an, you're a master electrician. Tell, I'm sure you'll tell me if I'm wrong. But you plug in every electric car from East Coast to West Coast and all points in between our nation's uh, aging uh, infrastructure of, of the power grid, and what's going to happen? It's going to crash the system. It's going real, to crash it big real, time. Yeah, just just real quick, you could you could put that on a small scale. Okay, when you plug in too many things in your house, what happens? Your breaker trips, don't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's because it's an overload of the circuit. There's too many things on that one circuit, okay, and the breaker is a thermically protected overload protection device, okay? It protects against shorts, and it protects against overloads, which is heat. It creates heat. More things running, more heat it creates. And then it thermically trips out. Well, just imagine your breaker being... The entire United States tripping out. <laughs> there you go in the dark. Go ahead. And here again lies the big rub. It's all part of that Green New Deal that hasn't even been put into legislation or passed or anything else, but they're going to do it on a slippery slope type of thing. They're going to just slip it in there. Slide it right underneath. They're going to slip it in gradually. And <laughs> gazoon tight. That's fine. There you go. Now there's a final thought that people could actually get a, get could understand really well. If I, if, God forbid, I render my final thought the hard way. Oh boy, you'll be hearing it all over the east, all over the eastern seaboard, and then some. <laughs> and I won't need a microphone to do that either. <laughs> now, let's also look at at the reality of what's happening. Okay, he talks about raising the taxes of the rich and all this other stuff. But what happens when you raise the taxes on the rich? Eventually, you're going to have to raise the taxes on the middle class too. Though he says that that, that ain't going to happen. Bullshit. It'll happen. It'll happen. It has to. And all of this uh, stuff about the pandemic. Let me give you a little something to think about. For over a year, we've been dealing with wearing face diapers. We've been dealing with Fauci flip-flopping every five, every five or six days. And it's bullshit. Okay. It's time to put this pandemic to bed once and for all. If so many people are vaccinated in this country right now, and if the vaccine is truly supposed to be it's supposed to be helpful, lose the face diapers. Let us get back to being, 
you know, a country that can go back to work where we don't need vaccination passports and all this other bullshit. Let's get back to being a country that does what it needs to do. Like the, like the pandemic didn't happen. If you're so confident in your, in this vaccine, Prove it. Let the country get back to normal. Drop the mandates and all that other stuff. But like I said in the, in the video chats, this is their way of controlling we the people. It's, it's a no-brainer. And finally... Not designating a designated survivor tells me that as far as they're concerned, they are in control. They control us. And they don't, and they think that they're invincible. That comment by the interim police chief of the Capitol Hill Police Department only tells me they're going to keep the fencing up around Capitol Hill and the National Guard posted there for a long time to come. We are not a republic. Not anymore. Not the way they're treating us. We are under a dictatorship. And America, eventually you're going to have to wake up to the reality that that's exactly what we're becoming. A dictatorship. And not the republic that the founding fathers created this country to be in the first place. As for spying on on us by the United States Postal Service, I very rarely send anything through the U.S. mail anymore. A lot of my correspondence is done by email, private messages on social media. Or by text message on my phone. If the United States Postal Service's law enforcement arm is spying on us, as the article I read tonight states, then we're not a free country. And they don't trust us. They being the Democrats. Well, that's it for this edition of Firefox News Online. I'll be on a weekend retreat. We'll be back on Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 Pacific Time on the multiple broadcasting platforms used by the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. And as I close tonight's broadcast, if this broadcast informs you, enlightens you, and at times even entertains you, though it's not the intention to be entertainment, 
It does happen. We like to have a little fun once in a while, as we've often proved. But if you do like what we do here, help us remain on the air. A lot of the costs are coming out of my back pocket, and it does get very, 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 very difficult sometimes. Use the PayPal system to help us out. PayPal.me slash Firefox News Online. That's PayPal.me slash Firefox News Online. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to write to us. Comments at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. Again, that's comments at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. For the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. My heartfelt thanks to Cherokee Rose, Iggy Mom, Gunslinger, OBS, that's OCAM Barbershop, and of course, all of you watching and listening by archives. Y'all be good, if you can't be good, be careful, if you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. Until next time, America. Joe Biden didn't say this when he closed his so-called speech. And I found that disturbing. He, he said, God bless our troops. But may God bless the United States of America. May God protect us from the evil that men do. May God continue to watch over us in our daily life and in our works. And may God go with us on our journeys. Because I don't trust the Democrats as far as I can throw them, and that ain't very far. But I do trust God. And that's a, and that's a fact. So long, America. From Firefox News Online headquarters in New York. And now, for your listening pleasure... Here's the outro. Uh, ding. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. You can catch Firefox News Online Monday through Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 Pacific Time on the multiple broadcasting platforms used by the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. Go to MeWe.com slash Firefox News Online or Gab.com slash Firefox News Online for the links to the live broadcast. And if you have any comments you'd like to send our way, we'd love to hear from you. Write to comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. If that email address is not working, the host will inform you to use the alternate address, and that is comments at journalist.com. Once again, that is comments at journalist.com. The views and opinions that were expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or these broadcasting services. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division, all one and the same, adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. (laughs) 
So let it be written. So let it be done. 